Welcome to episode two of the Monday Morning Point Guard podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be going through the Eastern Conference and uh, doing a little recap on what they did last year, as well as a preview of what their year will look like this year. And uh, Clayton, would you like to kick us off with the Bucks in the Central Division? Yep, let's start with the reigning champs. I really don't have a ton to say about their offseason because their core is pretty much the same. Um, I mean, they're definitely looking to go back-to-back. I think they're a good option to go back-to-back this year after what we saw to Giannis in the finals. Um, But like I said, their core is the same for the most part. I think the biggest thing with their offseason was losing P.J. Tucker. I think you're going to benefit a lot by getting that pickup. He was just their gritty guy and really accepted that role. So I think losing him could hurt. But um, they locked up True Holiday for long-term, and I think that's huge to have him on the team as well. We saw what he could do. Um, I mean, Giannis, I... I would pick him for a third MVP this year, but I don't think the media would allow it, honestly. I don't either. Um, yeah. I think he definitely could be there. He'll probably be top five in the candidates, but I don't think the media would allow it. Um, they had a 54 and a half projected record. I'm picking the over there. Um, I have him as the two seed, and I think they'll go probably upper 50s. Yeah, uh, that's that's through DraftKings as well. Um, it didn't look like FanDuel had theirs up yet, so I just went with what DraftKings had. Yeah, they had him at 54 and a half. I, I'm also on the over for this one. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly for them where they didn't have a super stellar record. Um, but if you look like the years past, they've always finished near like the 60 win mark. I don't expect that to change this year. Yeah, they brought back the core. I mean, they re-signed Drew Holiday on a four-year deal. This is the team moving forward. Um, just kind of some, uh, they did, they were able to get Portis back on a really affordable deal. I thought two years, 9 million for, you know, what he yep. brings to the table is pretty good. Um, they also like notable, I guess, role players that they're going to get back. They didn't have DiVincenzo for the playoffs. He got hurt in the first round against Miami. So he'll be back. They also get Grayson Allen and Rodney Hood. Um, Rodney Hood, I, I don't know how much he has left to give, but I still think he's a good player. Um, so I, on, on paper, I think they've improved. I think the P.J. Tucker loss, I think he hurt them more than helped them some at times in the playoffs just with his – the way they used him offensively to just stand in the corner and basically do nothing. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like they can get production at that spot. I think he benefits us more than he benefited them, just the way that the offense is run. Um, I, I guess, you know, as far as their title hopes, do you think they're, I I felt like last year they were really hungry. They had had some playoff disappointments, obviously losing in the second round of the heat the prior year, um, was a big deal for them. Do you think they're going to be as hungry to repeat this year as they were to win their first last year? I think they have to be, um, and I definitely will be now that they see that they can win the title, um. Giannis is going to be looking to come back and, you know, prove his dominance. And if if they happen to do it, we might be talking about a dynasty here. With I mean, there's only so many of those players that come come along, and Giannis can definitely be one of them. I mean, I have him as a two seed. I have him going far in the playoffs. So, I I, I would I would expect it. Um, we'll see what happens when they face the Nets. Probably, but you know, yeah. And Giannis is only in his mid twenties, so um, yeah, you know, he's still got maybe not much more room to grow, but we still got a lot of good years of him ahead of us. And as far as MVP, yeah, he should be in the front runner conversation. I just don't think the media will give him another one. Right. Um, I think that second one of his might have 
been seen as a little undeserving. I don't agree, but I think that's the way they're looking at it. Um, yeah. The thing and, with Milwaukee is they, they're, uh, since they brought back the core, that's kind of what Golden State did during their runs is kept that core together and just fill out the bench as you go. And I think Milwaukee's even a little deeper this year. So that's why I think they're going to be still pretty dominant. I think they are too. And they had some injuries to deal with. And, you know, that we saw Jeff Teague play actually some minutes in the finals for them, which was a complete debacle for them. George Hill is still a good player to replace those Jeff Teague minutes with George Hill minutes if you have to. Like, that's pretty good. I think Grayson Allen is actually, like, somewhat decent, um, especially if yeah, you're I think he's at, a good piece. If you're asking him to play 10 to 15 minutes a game, I think that's, I think that's a good role for him. Um, and then, yeah, I think Giannis kind of hit the next level in the playoffs. Like when they started putting him at center and he kind of realized, you know, I don't have to dominate the ball, like bring it up the court and set the table for everyone. Uh, I just need to hang around the basket, make cuts, like just dominate in the post. Like that's when they became really dangerous against Phoenix. And that's why we saw them kind of dominate the back half of that series. Um, yeah, I have them as the first seed, uh, I, I think if you have, I think one or two is probably about as low as you could go for them. I don't see them yeah. dipping into the three like they were last year. Um, if you're betting, I, I think looking at the over, I think this is a strong team to take the over on. Kind of with that, though, it, it for just any team in general this year, uh, we're not going to talk too much about the COVID stuff. Um, or try to avoid it as much as possible just because everyone's sick of hearing about it. Um but just keep that in mind when you're betting these, like guys could miss a couple weeks for COVID. And so just in general, I would probably lean more towards the under on teams, but for the Bucs, I think, I think they'll hit 55 wins, you know, barring complete disaster. Yeah. I, I think that's only on pace with three games better than last year. And Philly won this one to the conference last year. I don't see him being that dominant this year. So no. I think they can definitely have three, <clears throat> three wins in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, I guess we'll move on to the Bulls here. They had a big offseason. Um, I guess kind of talk to us yeah. about that. <clears throat> yeah, they, they're they a brand-new team from what it looks like based, you know, since the trade deadline. Got Vucevic in, got rid of Markkinen, Valentine, Dad, Aminu, um, and then brought in Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso. Notable Shamanad alum, Tyler Cook, also joined the team. Let's see if he gets some minutes this year. Um <laughs> I kind of expect a lot out of Levine this year. It's his contract year, and he, you know, wants to make a playoff push. And they're definitely in that mode where they would probably be a disappointment if they didn't make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I would say so. The, East, the bottom half of the East this year, in terms of once you get past like the three and four seed, is so competitive. Um, but I, I think they'll get in the playoffs through the play-in, or maybe just secure a spot. Um, Lonzo, I think, is in a great position to succeed. He's got himself some shooters kind of, I mean, Levine was a 40% guy. I think Patrick Williams <clears throat> is a pretty good shooter uh, and Vucevic too. So I think he's really in a good spot there. They don't have a lot of defense though. So I feel like they're going to have to be, you know, 130 point scoring team a night. They, they absolutely will have to. They also don't have any size. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if you caught any of their preseason games. They look pretty good, um, but it is yeah. preseason. But they are basically running DeRozan at the four, which is, you know, he's traditionally been a shooting guard. I think you 
I think mm-hmm. you're you're fine with him at small forward. I think it's a bit of a stretch to throw him at the power forward, especially when you have Vucevic, Vucevic, who actually I didn't realize how well he rebounded last year at like 12 a game. That's really good. But he's not protecting the rim. He's not blocking shots. He's not doing any of those things. It looks like they're going to use Vucevic as uh, like a – kind of a fulcrum for their offense this year they do a lot of like handoffs and like cuts off of his high post touches which is interesting um I think that's I think that's exciting for them um yeah it's a completely different team um but I I worry about their wing depth I mean they're Patrick Williams is still young and then they bring in Derek Jones Jr who I like probably more than I should just from his heat days um (laughs) And then, yeah, Vucevic is really the only viable option at center. You might get a couple minutes out of Tony Bradley, but, like, I I don't want to rely on that. I think you're a little bit higher on them than I am. Um, I think they're going to struggle. Right, so I've got them as the eight seed. Okay. I've got so them as the eight seed, whether that means they uh, – yeah, I, I was higher on them yesterday, and then I kind of rethought it and went through all the teams. I, I don't know if they'll be through the play-in or – I mean, I guess they'll win their game however they get it. I don't know if they'll go in as a 10 seed, eight seed, or what, but – I think they'll secure the eight spot. I think they'll. I mean, it's it's pretty disappointing if they make if they miss the playoffs. I think they should I, definitely do it. I think so too. I think in a traditional like the the way we've had it in the past, I think they're a top eight seed. I think last week we kind of talked about how it'd be a disappointing season if they played in the play in game. But when you start going through the East, it's going to be tough for them, especially like having zero defense. Like this team could easily give up 150 points in a game. Like no problem. No no trouble, but they're, they're going to score a lot of points. They're set up really well to play offense. I think Levine is going to play his ass off this year. Um, He's in a contract year. He wants a max. I think they're kind of dragging their feet by giving him a max. He's a max player. Um, If they don't give it to him, someone else will. And their salary cap situation is one that like they kind of don't have a choice. Like if they don't resign him, they're not going to be able, they don't have enough room going forward to kind of replace that production. What do you think of Lonzo's contract? Four years, 80 million. I thought that was a really good deal for them. Um, I think Lonzo is super underrated. Last week when we talked about the top 50, he was probably in the 60, 65 range for me. Um, I, he's because of his dad's antics. He's kind of, not thought of as well as I think he should be. He plays really like elite level defense. He's a great playmaker and he's starting to hit threes. Like that's always been the big question mark with him. Now he's not going to be like a 20 a game score or 30 a game score for you, but I mean, he can get to 12 and give you probably eight assists and really great defense. And if he's hitting 40% threes, I mean, from a starting point guard, that's really all you can, all you can ask for from a non all-star level guy. Yeah, I think he's got four pretty good scoring options too in his lineup, and I not a lot of pressure on him to score. He can just be the playmaker and you know defender that he is. I think. Yeah, he has no. He'll be he all right this, with them. No, no pressure to score with this group. Yeah, and I think Caruso is actually like a low key good pickup for them. I mean, four years, thirty seven million is kind of a lot for Alex Caruso, but he's good on defense. He's decent sized. I think they desperately need anybody who can play defense with this group. Um, yeah, I think they're going to kind of, I think they're going to struggle some, and I think they're going to get absolutely wiped out in the playoffs. I think they're going to, that's, yeah, I don't see them going far. (laughs) No, I I think they might get, get a game off of a top seed just because they might have a big shooting night. 
but I think they're going to, they're going to see why, you know, you need to play defense, especially come playoff time. It's not going to matter as much in the regular season, but I think come playoff time, they're going to, they're going to really feel that. Another thing with them is I, they don't have a ton of reliable three-point shooting beyond Levine and, you know, Lonzo's getting better. Vucevic is a decent shooter too, but I don't think we've seen enough out of no. Pat Williams to really call him a good shooter yet. I, Kobe I, White hasn't been great. Um, Pat, and DeRozan Patrick, just doesn't shoot threes. Williams is more DeRozan as a three-point shooter than he is like yeah. Levine. Um, he's got some mid-range stuff like DeRozan. Um, we haven't really seen him stretch it out to the three-point line quite yet. Um, so I, I mean, yeah, he, I don't think you, you're in a good situation if you're relying on him as a three-point shooter. Jones Jr. is kind of in the same boat. Like, you're kind of hoping that he makes the three, and he makes some threes, but you're not. Like, when he shoots it, you're like, oh, boy, like, is that going in? It's not like a – it's not an automatic thing by any stretch. I, I bet he's in the low 30s shooting threes. And Caruso is an okay shooter. I, I don't know much about Kobe White. I don't think he's known as much of a shooter either. Um, yeah, they're, they're going to make their money on the fast break like that. They're going to have to run. And that's kind of it for them. I think, I think in the half court, I think that's why Lonzo is a good pickup. That's why I like Lonzo. Cause when they're on the fast break, they have a guy who can run the entire floor and obviously DeRozan and Levine can get down there quickly. So, and Kobe I, White, that's a fast guy too. So how did you feel about them letting go of Lowry Markin? And we'll talk about his fit um, a little bit later on in the, in this division. I didn't, I didn't have strong feelings about marketing. Um, I, I like their lineup better this year than if I inserted him into their lineup, I think. Um, okay. Uh, I, I don't have much to say about him. Yeah, he doesn't really fit well, and he didn't fit well while he was, while he was there, and I don't think he fits well with his new team, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he could be a good, really good player for the right team. Um, I just... He had the Jim Boylan situation, the previous coach of Chicago. He hated him for whatever reason and just, like, did not put him – and all the players hated Jim Boylan. So this is year two of Billy Donovan, and the way they run offense makes a lot more sense now. I don't know that Donovan is necessarily a great coach, but it, when Jim Boylan is your predecessor, it makes you look like a really phenomenal coach. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Markinen didn't fit with this team, and I don't know what team he fits with as a seven-footer who plays no defense. But he shoots threes, so I, I don't know. I I, th I thought it was a big loss at first, but when you look up and down their roster, I think they can afford to lose a guy like that, and especially at the price tag. You're basically replacing him with Lonzo Ball. I think, they, I think most teams yeah. would take that trade. I would agree. All righty. We're moving on in the Central Division to the Pacers. Um, they had a really bad year last year um, by their standards. I think they finished ninth in the conference. Is that right? Yeah. Because yep. they were the yeah, first. Ninth. They just missed the play-in. They, no, they, they were in the play-in. They won their first play-in game, but then they got uh, – they lost in their Lost second. to Boston, I believe. They lost to Washington. Washington. Yeah, they lost to Washington, and Washington ended up playing the Sixers in the first round. That's right. Yeah, they were just – they were the fifth seed the prior year in the bubble, um, and I think that's more of where they're at um, as a team. They did – they really – it's the same team from last year and the previous year. Um, they just – they fired Nate McMillan. They brought in this new guy, and he was just a complete jerk by all accounts. 
All the players hated him. All the assistant coaches hated him. Ownership hated him. Nobody liked this guy. And they basically had like a mutiny halfway through the year. And then they kept him on board through the rest of the season. Now they bring in Rick Carlisle for their coach, who's, you know, thought of, whether that's right or wrong, thought of as one of the best coaches in the league. At the very least, he's going to have some some pull with these players. Um, if you look up and down their starting lineup, like they've got a good starting five and they've got trades to make. I think you could deal Miles Turner and Gogi Batadze um, in some type of package to get something back. I think this. I think you would probably rather have Sabonis play center than power forward. Um, but yeah, they're they're sitting at forty two and a half, so a forty three win team for the year this upcoming year. Last year, as bad of a year as they had, they were on pace to win thirty nine games. I think you should consider them for the over, but I I don't feel super strongly about it. Um, I have them finishing ninth in the conference and playing in that um, the back half of the play in. Uh, what are your thoughts on them? I also have them at ninth. Um... Most of the team is the same. I think it's just we're finally seeing the East being really competitive at the bottom of the playoff bracket. Yeah. So I went back and forth with Chicago and Indiana a lot with between eight and nine. I think Chicago might just edge them out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going under 42 and a half. I mean, 39 wins last year. That's historically a playoff team in the East. I think they're just the conference is better now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, similar team. I, I, I think Rick. Carlisle is good for them. I didn't understand why they fired Nick McMillan. I think he's a good coach, but I didn't Carlisle is definitely a good shot too. I mean, I know they got they got swept in the first round by the Heat the year they fired McMillan, but they didn't have Sabonis, and they had like Oladipo who had just come back from injury, so he wasn't himself, and it was basically like Malcolm Brogdon and that weird bubble version of TJ Warren who was scoring like crazy um, versus everybody. And Miles Turner did nothing for them. I, I'm not a huge Miles Turner guy. Um, I was a lot higher on him younger and when he was younger and kind of the only big guy. And then he just kind of never developed. And I think it's part of his growth was stunted by um, Sabonis kind of coming into his own because you, you kind of want both of those guys to play center, but they're two of their best players, so they kind of also have to play at the same time. It's just kind of a weird fit. Um, yeah, I they the notable, you know, they bring back McConnell on four years, 34. I don't know how I feel about the four years, but like he's really good. Uh, he plays good defense. He's he's a good backup point guard. I think that that was great that they brought him back. They get Chris Duarte at the draft. He's an older rookie. So he kind of is what he is, but what he is is a three and D guy. Like he's going to knock down threes. He's going to play good defense. He's going to hustle like all the things you want for like a bench guy. They also get Torrey Craig. I don't know how much he's going to play. He played on the, the Suns, wasn't it? I can't remember. He was on the Bucks and the Suns last Suns, year at one point. He, I don't know who he, he finished for the year a little with. bit. Yeah. He, well, but, he gets a ring regardless. That's, that's the cool thing yeah, about that. Yeah. So I don't know how important he'll actually be. The Todd's a, I think is a good, big guy but he's just kind of in a weird space kind of like the other two big guys on this team where there's just not a lot of minutes unlike as like a true center um to go around on this team so I think he's an interesting trade piece I think somebody could get him on a on a deal and and um you know I think he could be productive for someone else 
Um, they lost Aaron Holiday, which I actually think is a bigger deal. I like him as a, like a backup point guard. I guess you have McConnell. And then they have Justin Holiday and Jeremy Lamb, who can also play some guard. Hopefully, Lavert is healthy this year. Same with Brogdon. He's had some injury stuff. But you've got two to th- – I would say two and a half, like potential all-star guys, if you want to throw TJ Warren in that mix. And so that's a, that's a pretty good roster. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to add about them? Yeah. The roster looks good. I don't know if I would say he's a borderline all-star. Um, I like Jeremy Lamb though. And definitely McConnell. I, yeah. Um, McConnell and Lamb are definitely good to have off the bench and Gogo Batadze as well. Um, I liked Doug McDermott on their team last year. I think, you know, stretch four is always good, but they got rid of him to San Antonio. I don't know who they got. Um, in that trade, but McDermott was supposed to be part of the... the... I think they maybe got the Duarte pick or they got they got some future pick because they they gave Aaron Holiday in that in that uh, huge trade. There were there were some crazy draft trades that were tough to keep up with with like four and five teams. Um, Yeah, I, I think they're definitely a playoff team. I I just I don't know where they're going to finish. I think they're in a, they're a play-in team. I, I don't think they're going to yeah. crack the top the top seeds. When you start to really go down the East, it is much more competitive this year. There were very few Eastern Conference teams that just outright like sold and like are looking to rebuild. Um, I can think of only one that intentionally did that. I think another one may have unintentionally done that but um which we'll talk about next actually uh in the cleveland cavaliers oh boy cleveland um yeah they're gonna last year they kind of in a rebuilding stage um you know for for whatever reason they don't like colin sexton who was 24 i don't get it either he was 24 a game for him last year and it might be good stats bad team guy but and he's a little undersized as a shooting guard, um, and they have Garland, who's an undersized point guard. So I can see why they maybe don't love the fit. But they've been a little too public about about it, and I, I don't think anybody's really biting on the Sexton thing. Um, yeah, for for whatever reason, they don't like him. They still have Kevin Love. Oddly enough, Anderson Farajal played some minutes for them last year. I could not believe that when I was looking through their their uh, transactions this offseason. Yeah, yeah that, that was a surprise to see him in the lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, this is basically a team of big guys. I mean, looking for – they have them projected at 28 wins for the year. Like, in order – they're 27 and a half. So, if you think they're going to win 28 games, you know, good luck. Um, they're not going to be a nearly 30-win team. This roster is, is not – they've got some guys that I like, but it just – nothing fits together so for big guys they've got really four big guys who like who can play center who aren't really suited for the power forward and who who want to play minutes like Kevin Love has been a power forward his whole career but in today's game he has to be center with his mobility issues you got Lowry Markinen who's similar mobility issues and you got Evan Mobley who you just drafted and Jared Allen and yeah no, I, I no like Evan wings. Mobley yeah, let's talk my about favorite player in the draft. Probably he um, was mine too. He was mine too. Yeah, and I see a lot of overlap with Jared Allen though, so I don't really know how it's going to fit. And like you said, Laurie Markin and Kevin Love overlap each other, so I don't really know what's going on there. I I, I took the under for the record. Um, yeah, I haven't 
14th in the conference. I also have them at 14th. There's one team who's who's much worse. I don't think they're I don't think they're intentionally tanking here. I think they're because they they bring in Ricky Rubio, they sign Jared Allen, they bring in Lowry Markinen. They're they're insistent that Kevin Love is an asset. They're unwilling to trade. They're thinking that they're going to get two first round picks for Kevin Love. That's been why he's that's why he's still there. Because teams have been interested in him, but they're like but everybody is like, no, we're doing you the favor by taking his horrible contract. And they're like, no, no, he's still an asset. He's, he's worth two first-round picks. He, he's not. Do you think we'll see him give up in the middle of a game like last year where he just throws the ball to the other team and walks off the court? Um, I don't think we'll see that again. He got a lot of fire for that. Yeah, it's, his contract is a mess. I don't it it's only, it's only, with that, I don't, I don't know why another team wanted though. It's only two more years. It's at this point, it's only two more years. It feels like he's been under this contract for 10 seasons, but he's got it feels two, like an eternity. He's got two more years left on it. So I guess if you were really desperate for a big guy, like you could, you could swing it that way. Yeah. I, I hear they're interested in Simmons, which is another disastrous fit alongside like Evan Mobley, who might be able to shoot at one point, but that's not really like a strong suit of his game. I, there is some redundancy with him and Jared Allen. Jared Allen, who they signed for five years, $100 million, That's a pretty steep price tag for a center. I like Jared yeah, Allen. They paid a lot for him. I like Jared Allen, and I think they signed that extension before they knew they were getting Mobley. I actually don't mind the fit alongside Mobley. Um, from a developmental stage, everything I've heard about Mobley and seen, it looks like he has the potential to be like an elite defender, like one of those guys who can guard one through five, but I don't think he's there yet. So if you let him play alongside Allen, he doesn't get his confidence beaten up by getting scored on every night and picked on. Um, and you can kind of protect his ego a little bit until, you know, once that, Allen contract is up he'll be ready to be like the man and then you could trade Allen and, and on the last year one year 20 I think it was split evenly that Allen contract so okay. one year 20 is like a pretty easy contract to trade the I think the only issue with this team aside from the log jam at, at big guy they don't have any wing players. They don't have any wing guys who I'm like super excited about. Okoro is like pretty good. I think he's okay, but he's, I think he's six foot five. So like he's probably would rather play shooting guard. And then you've got Osman yeah. who's like, eh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know what they're doing here. What, what, what is the plan here? What, what is their plan as a team? I really don't know. They're, their bench is, not giving them anything really when your your next options are you know Denzel Valentine, Kyle Guy, and Chetty Osman. But they do have yeah, Ricky Rubio. They're really weak outside of their. Yeah, I like Ricky Rubio. I think he's a pretty solid backup point guard. I hate um, that he's there. I I love Rubio. I think he's awesome as yeah. like a as like a as like a backup point guard. I think he's like an excellent backup point guard, and I hate that he's just going to be wasted in Cleveland here because they just and they what's the weird thing is they traded Tari and Prince who they could really use on this team to get Ricky Rubio to get like another point guard. It's just like all they have are point guards and centers on this team. So I don't know. I don't know how they're going to be playing. Like, I don't know what the game plan would be. Like if I was JB Bickerstaff, their coach, and I, I walk in after the off season and looking around my roster, I have no idea what to do with this group. Yeah. It's a weird, weird way to build them with Sexton and Garland in the, 
same backcourt. I don't know if that's going to work. I I don't know why they're so publicly against having Sexton in their lineup, like you said. Um, I think he's great, but I think he'd fit well on any other team for the most part. Yeah, and um, yeah, I don't know either. I think they would like to trade Sexton and love to get Ben Simmons, but again – kind of going back to what would be the plan then then you've got Jared Allen, Evan Mobley and Ben Simmons like that doesn't that doesn't fit together in my head. Yeah, he would definitely be in the four spot too if they were to get Simmons and I don't see those three players really working out together. I think they're hoping marketing coming off the bench too. I think they're hoping Allen turns into like somewhat of a shooter, which he has shown some mid-range stuff, but like I'm not confident enough that that's going to work out to rely on that yeah I, I don't know what the plan is they're going to have a tough time if they want to trade Allen within the next couple of years I think they're going to have a tough time getting anyone to commit to a center for that long um centers in the NBA are kind of like running backs in the NFL I kind of mentioned that last last week like you can get good value for a, a starting center or a backup center you know you can find guys who are pretty cheap who can do Similar thanks to somebody you're playing. You can find a similar guy for $5 million a year than what they just gave for Jared Allen. He, he might be a little bit worse, but not enough to make up for that difference in pay. But it is important to have a center. You know, they're, they're your safety valve for your guards in terms of, like, you can just dump it down to them on, you know, on, on lobs, on screen and rolls. Like, it's, it's important to have one. They just have four that are all kind of ill-suited together. Um, and who are going to all want to play big minutes. Yeah, I, I, I think this team is in the running for probably worst team in the league. I think there's a worst team in this conference, but I don't know that there's a worst yep. team on the west side uh, of things. I think we probably agree on the, the worst team in the conference. Um, yeah. Yeah, the west, I don't think there's any worse teams than those two. No. And, Maybe and, one, but. And that's what's exciting about the East this year is like outside of Cleveland and a team we'll get to in the next division, everybody else is competing for that, for a play in spot, I would say. They're at least in the mix. There's a case for them. Whether they'll get it or not, obviously, is a different story, but they're at least in the running. Like these Cleveland and I guess we could spoil it, Orlando are are just terrible. Like, they're just going to be bad this year. Cleveland actually kind of offends me with, like, what they did, what the way they spent their money. Uh, they also traded Nance in the offseason, which I don't think was a great move. Um, yeah, he's he's a good player, but I, I guess looking at their roster, they really don't have a place for him. Um, yeah, I, I, and honestly, how will they ever recover from losing Matthew Delavadova and Anderson Farishow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are some cornerstone pieces right there yeah <laughs> i could not believe either of those two were still in the league they actually played for him last yeah. year too all right last team in the central division the detroit pistons um they were the cleveland for last year i would say this year i feel a little bit better about them um i actually think they've got a decent shot at a play-in berth they end up drafting getting the winning the draft lottery and drafting Cade cunningham um who is going to be a godsend for this roster. Um, they've got some good young players. Uh, Dwayne Casey, who I really like as a coach, he was uh, the year the Raptors fired him. He was coach of the year. He immediately signs on with yeah. Detroit. And I think he's going to be a good coach for them. Um, 
Yeah, they're projected at 25 and a half wins. They were on pace for 23 last year. I think this is an easy over. What do you think? Yeah, I took the over as well. Um, Cade Cunningham is going to be fantastic for them, and I think their lineup is, you know, much better than last year. I think if they had a most improved team award, we would give it to them after this year. Yeah. Um, I have them at 13, the 13 seed, but that's I think that's just because of how competitive the East is now. I I don't have them getting that close to the play-in, but they're definitely a lot better than they were last year. Um, Kelly Olenek, interested to see how he's going to do there. We saw 20 points out of him last year in Houston, which isn't saying much considering who they have. No, but. no. Did you see some of the guys <laughs> who were scoring points for them? Like they had one guy yeah, five, that, five years in China, his first game in the NBA, he takes 20 shots and scores like 26 points. I don't even remember his name. Yeah, Houston was yeah, that, complete the ball. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had him at I had him finishing 12th, so just one spot higher. I, I think they're com competing mm -hmm. for a plan. When you look at the teams, we, we'll kind of recap the teams we have um, in what order. I think when you look at the teams they have we have over them, I think there's I think they're certainly better. Um, yeah, uh, it's a good roster. It's well put together. I'm a lot more uh, bearish on Kelly Olenek after watching him for. God knows how many years in Miami. Um, I think he's fine as a backup center for this team. Um, but yeah, he's, he's not as good as his numbers say he's kind of, he's a disaster on defense, like an outright disaster. He just, sometimes he just zones out and he just forget he's forgets he's on a basketball court and his man has, you know, cut for a wide open layup or he's late on a rotation. Like he's just a split second late on any decision he makes and it will drive you nuts, but he can shoot. He can shoot. He can handle, he can do some other stuff. He's not going to rebound as a big guy. That's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, I think Killian Hayes, I, I get, it looks like they're going to run Hayes and Cunningham as the backcourt. I like Killian Hayes. Um, I know he had kind of a bad yeah, year. I know he had kind of a bad year last year, but he was hurt for most of it, and he just kind of never got his footing. I, I think he could be good for them. Um, and I think Sadiq Bay, you know, it's all the makings of a good 3 and D guy. Jeremy Grant surprised me. I When they gave him that contract, I was like, oh, boy, like, how is that going to work? He's actually a decent scoring option. And Isaiah Stewart. Yeah, I like this, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart for their, like, just hustle rebounding guy. He's probably going to start at center for them. I have to imagine. It's a it's a good starting lineup. Their bench leaves a little bit to be desired, but I mean, I could see them sneaking into like a, a late, you know, play in spot if if things break right for them. I, I think, you know, they're projected to win 26. I think they're closer to 30 than they are to than they are to, you know, 24. Yeah, I'd put them around 30. And their their core is young, which is really good for them. Um, that leaves them cap space. So who, who knows if they end up, you know, proving to be a not terrible team. I know Detroit's not a big free agent destination, but they have the space to work with it. So yeah, they do. They will have they some turn cap, it around. They will have some cap space for next season. So they could bring in a veteran or a couple of veterans if this ends up being a decent roster. Then I think we're definitely talking about them in the playoffs for next year. If they can if they can sure up this bench. I mean, the bench pieces I like for them, I like Corey Joseph, Diallo, and that's about it. That's about the only two that I feel like pretty strongly about. Trey Lyles is okay, and Olenek is okay. Um, so that's that's where their weakness is. Starting five-wise, I, they're, they're, I think they're fine there for this season. Yeah. Yeah. So to go from yeah, they're, first – They're definitely not the worst team in the league. 
No, it, it's it's like actually a decent roster. When I was looking at them last year, it was like the team of centers, and that's like all they had on the team when they started the year. And uh, they've really turned it around in one year. That's not something we usually say about Detroit. We're not usually like kind of excited to see Detroit play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely a surprise. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's pretty much – they were actually a decent defensive team last year, it's, it looks like. It. I mean – they finished 10th in the league and in, in points allowed per game. So if they can continue that, I think they'll get some more offense, you know, just having Cade Cunningham out there um, yeah. could be an okay team. All right. Now we're going to move on to the Southeast division and we're going to start with my Miami heat. Um, you know, after our finals run, kind of a big disappointment last year, we just we we got out to a slow start. We had so many injuries and so many COVID things. There was a t- there was a game we played the Nets. We actually nearly beat them, where we had seven guys, seven active guys, and two of them were two way guys. Like we were playing like our G League guys, and bam, and that was about it. Um, so it was just the year from hell for us. Um, Tyler Hero was one that really struggled last year um, after his kind of come out. Uh, coming out party in the bubble where he just dominated. I think some of that's overstated. People are saying like, he's not as good as he was in the bubble or he'll never get to that level again. I I don't agree. Um, They started him at point guard to start last year, just out of necessity. And I think that he's kind of just not well suited to play point guard. He's not, he's a good ball handler and a good passer, but not as the lead guy. Um, And so he, I think that, shook his confidence he was also in every trade rumor because we were rumored to be trading for every player in the league last season um and yeah he he struggled we also got Oladipo for basically nothing from Houston we traded Olenek and uh, Olenek's expiring Avery Bradley's expiring contract um and two pick swaps to Houston who is going to be probably one of the worst teams in the league so we're not even going to end up swapping picks uh, so we basically got him for nothing. The only problem is he gave us nothing. He was four games and then he was hurt for the year. So we basically gave away two rotation pieces and we didn't get anything for it. Um, we were on pace to finish, even with all that said, we were on pace to finish 46 and 36. This year we're projected 49 and 33. I have us finishing fourth this year. Um, I actually yeah. would take, I would actually take the under on this team. I don't think, I don't think they're going to hit 50 wins. I have them um, 48 and a half is a tough number. Um, I have a them fourth as well. Um, yeah, I went under. I, I think bringing Lowry in was addresses a lot of the issues they dealt with last year in terms of who's going to be their main point guard. Um, yeah. He brings a lot of leadership, certainly. Um, and I think that takes a lot of pressure off Jimmy Butler uh, and kind of defines Tyler's role, role a little bit better. It, it really is. What are you going to get out of Oladipo? I mean, he's never really recovered since 2018, um, yeah. which is unfortunate because he was definitely a spark. I, I think it will be I mean, okay. I think he'll be a nice bonus. The reason I have this team as an under is we're very old. We're a very old team. Kyle Lowry is old. Oladipo is old more so because of injuries. P.J. Tucker, we brought in, is is super old. Morris is old. Dwayne Dedman is old. Jimmy is getting up there. Like, of the young guys, Duncan Robinson isn't even that young. I mean, he's in his late 20s. The hero is the – can't is believe the, um... – 
I can't believe you didn't even mention Udonis Haslam as the uh, oh, yeah. old guy. Udonis Haslam, well, if he was going to play at all. I mean, he'll play one game like he did last year, get tossed in the first two minutes for – Yeah, when they play Dwight Howard, he'll, they'll put him in the game. Yeah, just to pick a fight with him again. Um, yeah, yeah, obviously Udonis Haslam is very old. We do have some – you know, I think Duncan Robinson, I, I didn't really – some people thought we overpaid him. I, I think it was fine. I think for what he – I mean, he is a, probably – you know, definitely in the top five for best shooter. I think probably in the top three for as far as shooting in the league. Like he, if you give him any space at all, that could be running off of screens, dribble handoffs, whatever. Like if he has any room at all, he's basically knocking it down. And like his three-point percentage yeah, could be a lot better if he was more choosy about some of his shots, but we don't want him to be. We want him to take those ridiculous 40-footers with two guys draped on him. Like we don't, we don't care. And um, so his, his shooting percentage might be a little bit lower than what it could actually be. I don't think they're going to worry about overpaying him. A shooter like that, I think you got to take him. I don't think you're going to worry about overpaying because it's definitely going to help your team. I, I think, I, and I especially think especially with Lowry on the ball now. I think we did address the two weaknesses. So last year, watching this team, there were two things that really stood out to me. When we played the Bucks and we lost to them, Drew Holiday basically made it so we couldn't get the ball across half court. And then what they were doing on the other end, the Bucks, they were pulling Bam out onto one of the guards and just like, even though they probably weren't going to make the shot because he's so good on defense, they knew that Ariza and like Jimmy Butler weren't going to be enough to keep Brooke Lopez off the boards. We really missed Crowder last year as like a secondary rebounder, a guy who can physically kind of keep a, a, an opposing center from getting to the glass. P.J. Tucker is that guy, and even Morris, to some extent, could be that guy. So we've addressed the secondary rebounding. I mean, we were 29th in the league in rebounding last year and 23rd in pace, which for a team with a super athletic center and a small lineup, you would have not expected us to be near the bottom half of the league in pace. I, I caught a little bit of the preseason games. Kyle Lowry looks like he really understands, like, how to run a team. And I, I'm not surprised by that. I felt that way in Toronto. It seems like he has a good read on the pulse of this team and he knows when to push it. We're running a lot more fast break stuff. I know it's just preseason, but it's, it's good to see because we would just walk the ball up half court last year. Um, and that'll help get Bam some easy buckets. Jimmy, you know, he's, those two are two of the best players we have in the league at attacking the basket. And Tyler Hero, he's been balling out in preseason. He looks really good. Oh, yeah. Um, and then low-key, a guy to look out for, Max Struess. He is very good. He is a very good shooter. Not to the level of Duncan Robinson, but, like, catch-and-shoot-wise, he is, he is elite. He is going to be, you know, catch-and-shoot, open looks. He's knocking, he's knocking those down. Um, and he can knock down some contested stuff too. The only thing I like about him over Duncan Robinson is he's built a little bit stockier. He's slower laterally, but he doesn't get pushed around like Duncan Robinson does. That's my concern with Duncan Robinson. He just gets pushed under the basket. Um, and that's kind of, you know, all he could do. He just, he tries on defense, but he's just too scrawny. I think teams will just pick on him. Um, yeah, I think 49 is going to be tough to get to. I, especially, this is not a regular season team. This team is built for the playoffs. They're, this is not somebody you want to see in the playoffs. It's just tough, gritty players up and down the lineup, and they're going to be a tough out for anyone. Yeah, the, the reason I had him at, four is because I think 
last year, they were one of those teams that was dealing with, you know, being in the bubble for so long and then only having a month and a half to prepare for the next season. And that's why they're so injury plagued. Um, and this year they, you know, they had a lot more time to recover and their lineup looks better. I think they did address their issues. Um, yeah, it'll be hard to be a 51 team, but they'll definitely be top four. Yeah. They also have a, a center out of Georgetown, Omer, you're at seven. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, he's going to be another Kendrick Nunn, diamond in the rough guy. He shoots a little bit. He plays good defense. He's kind of like a poor man's Brooke Lopez, I would say. Um, but we'll see if he actually gets any minutes. My only concern about this team is, given that we're so old, how big is the window to win a title for this group? I think it's really this year and that's it. Because I don't know how many. Yeah, games, it's not too big. I don't know how. I think we got maybe one, two years left with Kyle Lowry at the level that he's out at. Maybe just one. I would lean more to one to, than two. And probably two to three of Jimmy Butler at a really elite level. He's getting up there in years. And, yeah, I, the window is just not very big for this group. And But I trusted Pat Riley. He's a wizard. He pulls some trades just out of left field that I have no idea how he got the other team to agree to. Um, so we always have that in our back pocket. <laughs> We're always in the mix for, for upgrades. Um, but yeah, that's, that's about all I got to say about the Heat. I think they're definitely in the title contention group, even as just a four seed. I, I don't think we would be super surprised at the end of the year if they're in the finals again. Yeah, like you said, they're built for that kind of playoff run, uh, especially with their experience. I don't know how how it's going to work in the regular season with them in terms of minutes because I feel like they would want to be, you know, saving the older guys a little bit. Yeah. Kyle Lowry, for someone who's 36, is still very good, though. Um, yeah, I don't know how much longer we have out of him. I, I think they're going to struggle. I, I, I think they're going to struggle in the regular season a little bit. Like, where they butter their bread is in the playoffs, and that's where Jimmy Butler is at his best. That's where – I would say now at this point in his career, Kyle Lowry is at his best. A lot of the PJ Tucker is not really a regular season player. He's going to start at power forward for us. I mean, you've got a lot of guys who are just kind of playoff dudes, even Dwayne Dedmond, who we got off the scrap heap last year, kind of like I mentioned with the depth at center. He's really good as a backup center. Like he shoots a, a, a tiny bit. Um, he really doesn't want, he really doesn't shoot a lot, but when he does, he typically makes them finishes around the basket, plays excellent defense and rebounds. And granted, he can only give you, you know, five minutes at a time of that just because he's, you know, not in good enough shape to play at the frenetic pace that he does. But, like, as a backup center to come in for BAM, we've not had anybody to do that. I mean, we had Myers Leonard and Kelly Olenek, and there was a, a real problem defensively when BAM wasn't on the floor for our finals team and years past. Um yeah, that's really all I got to say about the Heat. I think they're definitely in the in the final contention group, even though they're just a fourth seed in the East. I think their regular season performance is not going to be indicative of what they're able to do in the playoffs. This is a team that nobody's going to want to play in the playoffs. Yeah, I see them as a anywhere three to five seed, and they can definitely compete. Yeah. All right. You want to talk about the surprise of last year's playoffs, the Atlanta Hawks? Yeah, not much has changed with Atlanta. They were definitely a surprise success story. Um, similar to the Knicks, where we're kind of just waiting to see what happens. Are they going to you know, stay at the same level, or are they just going to flop out? I think that the Hawks have a better chance of staying at this level. 
um, that they were at last year. They're going to get DeAndre Hunter back, which I think is pretty good for them because they'll have a reliable defender now. Um, and they're, I like their lineup a lot. I, I still see him in the top. I think I have him at six this year. Wow. Um, I'm a lot higher on them than you are. <laughs> I had them at three. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're also a team I could see jump into the third spot. It was um, Miami, Boston, and, and Atlanta. I saw kind of competing for, for three, right. but I think it'll play out. Um, they'll be kind of middle of the pack again, but definitely still a competitive team. Nate McMillan did wonders for them once they got rid of Lloyd Pierce. So I think, you know, once we get a full season of him, we're really going to see some improvement. Yeah, they were, they and, were, uh, Capella kind of proved to be a good guy. They were a disaster under Lloyd Pierce, um, but they finished the season 27 and 11 under Nate McMillan. Um, I, I've been, I've been very critical of Trey Young throughout his career. At first I thought he was just classic, good stats, bad team guy. Um, didn't really think he was a winning basketball player, but once Nate McMillan took over, I think he really worked with him a lot on what it means to be the point guard of a team and how to get his teammates kind of going and not worry about his numbers as much. He was kind of waiting to the last bit of the shot clock and like throwing a pass just so he could get his assist numbers previously. Um, now he's not doing that. He's, he's really, he doesn't seem to be as concerned with the numbers. He's going to get his, he's that good. Um, yeah, I, I have them finishing as the third seed. I was really impressed with what they did in the playoffs. They've got a good starting lineup. Like you said, they get Hunter back, who's like a reliable defender, which is sorely needed on this team. Uh, any team with Trey Young is going to probably struggle defensively. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the league with Collins and Capella. They bring in Borgie Dang, um, who's kind of rotted away his entire career on bad teams. But I, he's a pretty decent center option for you. Um, they have Gallinari also. They'll get a Kongwu back at some point in the season, and he looked pretty good for a young guy for them last year. They've got good good wing players in Bogdanovich, Hunter, and Herter. And Trey Young, DeLon Wright, and Lou Williams is a pretty good point guard rotation. I, there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team that I can see, and that's, that's why I have them as the seventh seed. Um, they're projected at 46-and-a-half wins from DraftKings. I don't feel strongly about it. I guess I would say over. I think they're probably a 50-win team, um, but I would not bet the bet the house payment or the, or the rent payment on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going under since I have them towards the middle of the playoff bracket. But um, Yeah. So who do you have now ahead that, of them? Now that they've had a full... Who do you have ahead of them? Well, that... Miami. Miami, Brooklyn. Miami, Boston, and... Uh, oh, Boston. Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. And uh, Philly. And Philly, I didn't know if I wanted to put above Atlanta, but I did not. It's, it's so much uncertainty with what's it's I don't know what to do, what to say about Philly with what's going on with them and I, who they're gonna have this year. I, so I think that I think that Atlanta is just a better team. I'm not basing that off of necessarily the, the playoff uh disaster Philly had last season against Atlanta. I just think if you look up and down the roster, it's just this is a you know, now that Having seen them play, now I can say, like, oh, this is actually a pretty competently put-together roster. Um, didn't expect John Collins to be the shooter that he's become, but he's, like, a decent floor spacer. And I don't know if you saw the dunk he had the other night over Jared Allen. That was insane. That was ridiculous. Yeah, um, yeah Herter is a good 3-and-D guy, um, and he comes off the bench for them. If they can get anything from Cam Reddish, great, but they don't really have to. I think you could maybe package Reddish and Gallinari 
and maybe some picks because I think they have still most of their picks, if I'm not mistaken. I think you could make a trade at the deadline for a disgruntled like Harrison Barnes or something, and then, then that would really – that's the only thing I can see kind of being the Achilles heel of this team is the, the wing – their wing situation. I like Bogdanovich. I like Hunter. I like Herter, but like, I don't love them as like, you know, a core. It's probably the most important position in today's league is your wing guys. And that's their weakest spot. It's not a super huge weakness for them, but it is their weakest, their weakest point. Yeah. And they're all relatively pretty young too, which is why I think it was such a surprise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a Kongwu coming back, I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to add a lot to their bench. Um, I see them being pretty good. I could see them competing in the playoffs. I could, at the top of the rock. I conference. could see them com- competing for the Eastern Conference title. I don't think they'll get it, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if they ended up being our our Eastern Conference conference representative in the finals. Um, it would be kind of a long shot for them. They're more of a dark horse, but I wouldn't be just completely shocked. They're kind of in a similar situation, like for the, the to the Heat. I think it would be more surprised to see Atlanta than Miami, but not by much. Um, yeah. Ob- obviously, we expect to see either Brooklyn or Milwaukee, but I think I think the Heat and the Hawks are probably the next two teams you would likely see. All right, moving on to we're getting kind of towards the back half of the Southeast Division, which is uh, we're we're getting into some some questionable teams here. Uh, we're going to start here with the Hornets on the potential playoff teams, but definitely not locks. Yeah, they're a team that I have that's you know hovering around the play-in. Um, I think Lamelo Ball could be considered for most improved this year. I think he's incredible and. Book night, I think, looked really good in the preseason. Um, I think they had a great draft night getting him and Kai Jones. They'll probably miss Devontae Graham and uh, Malik Monk. I don't know if Ubre is a guy that can replace that type of production for him. Um, but, I, again, I still I have him at 10 for this year, and I think that's that's pretty fair. The DraftKings has him at 38.5 wins. Um, I'm probably going under by a little bit just because I, I'm going the under. East is competitive. <laughs> I'm, I'm going under as well. I think they overperformed yeah. last year. I guess the case for them this year is they were doing really well until they got hit with the Gordon Hayward injury and LaMelo Ball missed some time, and then it kind of completely fell apart. Um, they they bring in James Booknight as well, who I, I like. I think he's, he's definitely like, going to be a nice piece for them. I don't know how you feel about him. Um, is, is just a guy who could come in and score for them. He's going to replace some of the Monk produ- production. Uber is a good wing, um, and I kind of like the Gordon Hayward, P.J. Washington, Uber and Miles Bridges for, like, your your three and four positions. Um, yeah. yeah, they've got a solid Hayward turned out to be good for them. They've got a solid roster, and LaMelo Ball, I, I guess, would be considered to be – a candidate for most improved player. I was looking at the odds for that this morning. I, I guess I just don't understand that award because Zion was near the top of the most improved list. I'm like, he was an all-star last season. Like how would the, yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Um, yeah. LaMelo was the, was the rookie of the year. Um, how do you feel about the four years, 97 million for scary Terry? I think that's the scariest part of scary Terry is what they're paying him. Um I think they'll like having him. I just I don't think I'd pay him that much. He's definitely a good scoring option for them. And the only reason split him up with uh, Devontae Graham. I don't know if they can really 
produce that well, but I guess we'll see. I don't like Devontae Graham. I think that was addition by sub- subtraction for them, especially when they bring in Book Knight and I guess Ubre can kind of play some guard stuff if you really need him to. Um, I think I think Book Knight will be better for that role. Um, Devontae Graham, and we'll talk about it more in the Pelicans preview. He's really a guy who just shoots three-pointers, and that is it. And he doesn't even really hit them at high enough of a clip for that to be the only thing that he's able to do. Uh, he plays no defense, doesn't really play make like you would like for a guy his size to. It's like his three-point percentage is his field goal percentage, and like that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, yeah, with, with Lamella, this will be an interesting team. I like Kai Jones as well, a dude they drafted, but I have a, a, a soft spot for like ultra-athletic kind of raw – centers who don't really know what they're doing on a basketball court but man if anyone taught them like they would be they'd be phenomenal so he kind of fits that mold um JT Thor is another guy who I really like I think he was at Auburn last year he looks like he could shoot the ball a little bit but like defensively he could be really special for a team like he's he's a long lanky athlete and it looks like he understands what he's doing already on defense, which is huge. A lot of the young guys just just don't right away understand how to play defense. It seems like he knows what to do. Um, I I have them at 11th, and I know they were in the play-in last year, so you would expect them to kind of take a step up as LaMelo Ball takes a step up. But when you look up and down the roster, it's just – it's not as strong as the rosters that are above, above them. I think – Right, yeah. And – so I think they're just going to miss the play-in. Um, also, if Gordon Hayward, since he was, you know, born under an unlucky star or, or something, you know, <laughs> kind of always prepared for disaster with him, um, even though I, I still don't think he's like – he's injury-prone, but it's not like nagging issues. He always just has some freak accident. Um, there, I, I, I'm not as concerned about the, the Scary Terry number – it's a lot of money for what you get from him, but as a smaller market team, they're never going to be a free agent draw. So you've got to kind of overpay for these guys and to keep these guys. Um, it's more important to keep like the salary spot than the cap room for them because they can always trade Rozier um, for and picks for something to upgrade if they really wanted to towards the end of that. Um, yeah, it, it's an okay team. I think they're in the, in the mix for the play-in game, but I, I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think if you take LaMelo out, they're not looking too great, but he's definitely a difference maker. And it, they're just one of those teams that you have, you know, they could be in the play-in, they could be maybe a nine seed, but they could also be 12, depending on they, how the season goes. They were in the mix for home court in the first round last year before the injuries, the injuries hit. Now, last year, I don't think the East was very competitive. Um, I think F- most of the teams this offseason have improved. And I think if we had not seen them in a play-in game last year, if they had finished like 12th, I don't think we would think of them as highly this year. Like I, I was like, man, I would like to have them higher than 11th, but just because we've seen them, you know, kind of in the playoffs. But I, I, if they didn't make it last year, I don't know that we would be looking at this roster and being like, yeah, this is a lock for a play-in game or a lock for the playoff berth. I don't, I don't think they are. I think they, they're just as likely to have a, a, bat, a real step back year as they are to make the play-in game. Yeah, then it's all their core is pretty young for the most part. I mean, Hayward's not young, but um, 
maybe not this year, but maybe in a few years, they could be good depending on how Book Knight and Kai Jones develop. If they can keep Miles Bridges on the team, I think he's big for them. Um, and definitely Lamelo Ball, if he stays healthy, they'll be they'll be decent in the future. But I, I think they did making a lot of noise. I think they did upgrade center with Mason Plumley um, over like Cody Zeller. Um, I think Plumley's like a little bit of an upgrade, and they didn't really give up a lot to get him um, from Detroit. So I I don't know. I mean. That's not gonna. That's not gonna move the needle, but they did improve, I guess. Yeah. All righty, and here is the Orlando Magic. Oh boy. So last year they finally hit the reset button on this whole thing. Um, they on the Vucevic, um, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon group. They had kind of been trying to compete for playoff spots with them, and to some success, they had hit a couple of playoffs. Um, but last year at the de- deadline, they just had a fire sale. They traded Gordon, they traded Fournier, they traded um, Vucevic, for, and they got some picks back. I, I actually like what they did in the offseason and kind of with the trade deadline. I have them finishing 15th, so last in the conference. But I think it was time to hit the reset button and time to kind of move move on. They draft J- – Jalen Suggs falls to them. Orlando kind of has a history of, like – being just out of like whenever the lottery goes they're just out of like picking for the top guys like if there's three really good players they pick four if there's five really good players they pick six they're always in that next tier and so it looked like that was going to be the case again this year but then Toronto takes Scotty Barnes and so they Jalen Suggs ends up falling to them also I like Franz Wagner who they got with the Chicago pick um, that they took uh, from the Vucevic trade um, I like him too. I like the young guys that they have. It's just, it's a terrible team. Um, they're projected at 22 and a half wins. So 23 wins for the season. That's on pace for one win less from last year where they had half the year with like their good core. Uh, this is an easy under for me. I don't know that this team hits 20 wins. It's going to be, t- it's going to be tough to watch. There is not a lot of talent here. Not a lot of proven talent on the roster, but I like the young guys. <laughs> Yeah, I think they got a steal with Suggs at five. Um, and I'm a big fan of Franz Wagner, Wagner as well. They're also getting Jonathan Isaac back this year, who can definitely be an elite defender for them if he stays healthy. I don't know if the injury will keep him as laterally explosive. but Yeah, he, he's had, unlike Gordon Hayward, like his injuries are a lot more concerning. They're yeah. not freak accidents. They're like ACLs. Like, did he have an Achilles too? I, I don't know. He's missed a lot. Of I know it was the ACL, but I don't a lot know. of knee stuff. Um, yeah, it's frightening. It's hard to call an NBA team uh, under 20 wins because you'd think that a group of professional basketball players could figure out how to the, win at least this a is, quarter of their games. Well, I don't know if they can do it either. But how many of these guys are professional basketball players? Like, actually, <laughs> like, belong on an NBA roster. Like, they, Michael Carter Williams is on this team, which is unbelievable to me. He actually played, like, quite a bit, it looked like, last year for them. I have to be completely honest, didn't watch a ton of Orlando Magic basketball last year, especially post the trade. Um, I don't know. I, they have Isaac, who I like, if he could ever be healthy. Like, he is defensive player of the year candidate written yeah. all over him if he can stay healthy. Um, I'm not as high on Cole Anthony. I, I don't know. I just don't see it with him. Markel Fultz is also here, which, you know, if he can stay healthy, great. It looks like he started to kind of turn it around a little bit. But 
other than that, do you feel strongly about Mo Bamba or Wendell Carter, like in any way? I think it's interesting to see how they're going to work together. Um, Mo Bamba was a guy who I thought would make a huge impact for Orlando when he got drafted and just never did. Um, I think Wendell Carter, I expected him to be a little bit better than he is too. I don't feel super strongly about either of them. No surprise. I have him at, you know, 15th in the conference too. It's going to be a tough team to watch this year. I don't know if I'll catch many games. We, we've agreed on a lot of the, the conference placing so far, or at least it's been in the area. There aren't really too many surprises. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, the play into about like, I don't know, this, the seventh seed is all very competitive. And then yeah, really five through three, I think, is going to be pretty competitive. And then you've got the two at the top, Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee, yep. who are both going to be very good. But yeah, I, I obviously like Mobamba. I still believe in him. I I think it's more of just my my thing where I just love the super athletic centers. Like he's a freak of nature. He should be awesome at basketball, oh, yeah. but he's not for whatever reason. Like if I told you you could have a center who's got a nearly eight foot wingspan ran the lane agility drill at the combine faster than Russell Westbrook and can shoot threes a little bit. Like you'd be like, Oh, well that guy's like an MVP candidate. Like, yeah, but it's just not. And that's why I liked him a lot coming out of college. (laughs) I think it's probably more likely to not happen at this point for him than it will be to like happen. I I think he's probably on his way kind of out of the league at this point. I still like Wendell Carter. Um, I didn't really like him coming out of college but he was alongside Bagley, I think. Um, so that might have been why. I, I think he could be a starting center. I, I They've got some pieces to build on here, and they still have Terrence Ross, who's got like a very tradable contract. I think this season we'll probably see him chipped off uh, for something. I don't know. They also have Gary Harris, expiring contract. Um, that's about all he is for them at this point, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think this might be – he might have one or two more stops in the league, but I think that might be about it for Gary Harris. He's had some injuries, and it just kind of never really never really happened for him. Do you like R.J. Hampton at all? Um, not enough to say he's going to do much to turn the team around. I think he definitely has a good opportunity to make an impact on this roster, uh, better than he did in Denver, so – you know, if he gets the time, I think he could do something with it. I'm not a huge Cole Anthony fan either. I think Suggs is really going to prove to be the better point guard of the two. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I think overall Orlando is pretty shoo-in for worst team in the league this year. Yeah, I'm not as high on Suggs, I don't think, as you are. I uh, just I, I think he's a steal at five. Watching him in the tournament, I think uh, watching him against Baylor in particular, which had like NBA guys kind of up and down that roster – um, he kind of struggled to get around people like on drives on those like actually like elite athletes. So if he has trouble getting around people at the NBA level to look for like drives to the basket, I think it's going to, I think it could be tough, but I agree getting him at five was just like, is like a breath of fresh air for Orlando. Cause I don't, cause like, I was just like, Oh, Kaminga is just going to fall right to Orlando and it's going to be another raw wing who doesn't know how to play basketball it seems like that's all they know how to draft um no I thought they had a good draft I thought you know given the fact that they were hitting the reset button I think they did a fine job um yeah not a lot to say they're going to be probably finish last in the league I don't actually think they'll they'll win the number one pick but that's just uh that's just I an Orlando like that, that thing. Wrap, yeah 
they're definitely going to be one and then not get the one pick. I can the, definitely see that they're, happening. They're competing for the number one pick this year. We'll just we'll just say yeah. that about that. All right, Washington. I think this might be a team that we have some dif- disagreement on. Um, Washington last year they had they traded John Wall for Russell Westbrook with a with a first rounder. I guess it worked out. I don't really know. Um, I think in hindsight now, I actually like the package they got back for Westbrook. But it wasn't the needle mover that they were kind of hoping it would be. I never thought it was going to be. It was just a worse version of Westbrook and Harden on a worse team. Um, but, yeah, they, they struggled to start the year, and they really kind of just never got it going. And then at the very end of the year, Russell Westbrook just went nuts and just carried them to that uh, eighth spot, I think. Yeah, they played Boston yep. in the first playing game. Yep. And they ended up as the eighth seed. They lost to Boston, ended up playing Philly in the first round, and were actually somewhat competitive. Like, they hung around in games, and I think they stole one. And, like, um, yeah, they were pretty good. Um, this offseason, they trade Russell Westbrook for, like, the, the poo-poo platter from the Lakers bench, basically. And I actually think it was a decent trade. They bring in Spencer Didwitty. I have them finishing 10th in the conference. They're projected to win 33 games, uh, so 30, or 33 and a half, so 34 games. Last year, they went 39 and 43. I think this isn't over. I think they're a better team this year than they were last year. And I, I yeah. to be on pace to win 39 games last year, I think they can at least hit 39 this year. Yeah, so I have them at 11. So we flipped Charlotte and Washington with each other. The Westbrook trade, I think, is good, at least for the players. I don't know how it'll turn out for Washington. I think Harold just didn't have a great opportunity in the Lakers organization. I think this, you know, this team, he definitely has at least a better opportunity to do something good. I'm not super high on Kuzma. Um, I think adding adding Dinwiddie was good. I don't know if he can really replace that push that Westbrook gave them. Um, I think if they want to really be pushing for the playing game, they need to have a big season out of Rui and Gafford, which, you know, I, I think, think Gafford, they're both great players. You can I think Gafford is good. Yeah. And if Rui showed in the Olympics, he might actually be pretty good too. Um, I'm higher on Kyle Kuzma. I think it's going to – a lot of people were kind of down on Brandon Ingram um, before he got to New Orleans. I, it's just tough to be a small forward and play alongside LeBron. I actually have him – like I think he's a decent bet for most improved player if you want to bet on that. I think he could have a big year for them. He's going to get the opportunities – um, they've really not got a ton of wing depth. The only thing, the, the big reason why I think they're better this year, if you watch, I don't know how much you watch them play. Um, if you didn't watch them play, be sure to watch a Wizards home game just so you could get Drew Gooden as a color commentator. He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, th- like they didn't have like a full roster of guys who belong in the NBA. Like when they went to the bench, like you're, they're going like Jordan McRae, like Garrison Matthews, and it's just like as soon as the bench comes in, it's just a complete disaster. Now they have, a, I think, a pretty full team of NBA players. I like Aaron Holiday as a backup point guard. Contavious Caldwell-Pope for like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. I think that's all they'll need out of him. I think that's fine. Raul Neto, they re-sign him. I like him. They draft Corey Kispert. I don't know that he's going to be very good, but I don't know. Some people think he is. Then, you know, you have Kuzma and Avdia. Maybe Avdia gives you something. Rui and Bertans. Bertans was good at one point. As a center rotation, I think you can do worse than Daniel Gadford and Montrez Harrell, as a, especially with Montrez as the backup. 
he didn't give the Lakers much, but he'll he'll have to give them something, and he'll get the opportunities to play for this Washington team. I think that I I would be shocked if they weren't a play-in team. Yeah, I think that was Harold's biggest thing is opportunity, and I'm a big fan of Gafford and Davis Bertans. I think is great off the bench. I I'm not giving up on Denny Avdia just yet. <laughs> he had a pretty rough rookie season, yeah. but. I, I think, think some of I that think was will be pretty good off the bench for them. I, it, Westbrook yeah. historically has young guys have struggled to play alongside him, so it could be that. Um, I don't know. I I didn't see much with him. I much to get excited about. I I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on him doing a lot, but I don't know. Maybe it's too early to give up on him. We'll see. But yeah, I think this is a play. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's pretty good too. And imagine that Brooklyn team last year with Dinwiddie. On that, oh, on, yeah. on the team, like even even in the playoffs without Harden and Kyrie, or Harden on one leg and without Kyrie, I think they beat Milwaukee. Yeah, it's um, yeah the the Wizards. I have them at eleven. I think that's they're probably the last team that I have that could, you know, make a push for the plane and make it into the playoffs. If they have some luck in the playing games, that's that's probably where I would make the cutoff at eleven. Yeah, and they also have Bradley Beal who can go for fifty on any night. So. That makes it, uh, yeah. That that makes them a threat at least for a playing game. I mean, they're they might take a game in the playoffs, but it's not going to be any more than that. I I just they're I think they're improved as a roster. Yeah, not not like anything changing the destiny of their franchise. I guess the thing looming over their head is you know Bradley Beal's happy for now. Will that continue to be the case? Well, I'm wondering how many times we see him, you know, pouting on the bench after a 50-point game, but they're down by 30 this yeah. year. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to not blame him at this point because he keeps extending his contract with Washington, and he's really not had you know much of a team around him when he keeps doing that. But he seems to want to stay there. I know they're going to look to extend him again, but I don't know. Other teams would love to have him. I know that. Yeah, I I mean, if he if he. I think he might be the linchpin in the next team we're going to talk about, the 76ers. He might be the piece that finally gets a trade going for them. Um, Yeah. A lot of teams are just waiting for him to demand the trade, and then they're going to throw the house at at getting him. And with good reason. I mean, he's a 30-point-a-game scorer. I mean, we talked about him last week as a top 15 guy in the league. You know, he's a, a threat to win the scoring title every year. And he's been kind of wasted away on this on these Washington teams. I would like to see him play for a contender. It's not going to be Washington this year, and it's not going to be Washington next year, probably within the next 10 years, um, given what Washington has has been. But yeah, I think a threat to to make a play-in game, maybe take a game off of a, a higher seed in the playoffs, catch him on a weird night. Um, I think they're going to be more competitive. I think they're going to stick around in more games than they did last year, but it's not anything to get super excited about. (laughs) All right. We're in the final division here, the Atlantic division. And I guess we'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, They had a really good regular season last year. And I think the less we talk about the postseason for them, for Sixers fans, probably the better. Um, yeah, they had a really good season, and it kind of all fell apart in the playoffs. Uh, and Bede was kind of banged up. He had a torn meniscus, but he was just playing through it in the playoffs. He was still dominating. Like, he still looked really good in the playoffs. Um, and it basically came down to in game seven with Atlanta. 
And Ben Simmons kind of, you know, passed up a wide open dunk because he didn't want to get fouled. Yeah. And threw it to Thibel, who's not really a good free throw shooter. He makes one of two, and that just swung the whole momentum of the game. And I, I don't know. If they get past that series and Simmons doesn't do that, do you think – I don't think they beat Milwaukee, but I – they might. like. <laughs> I don't I don't think they would have beat Milwaukee. And that, that one play is so iconic because it really changed – it was late in the game. It really changed the dynamic of the game. And he was going up against Trey Young. Do you, are you, you can't tell me that he can get an and one bucket on Trey Young and only have to shoot one free throw and totally change the pace of the game. Yeah, um, that, that would have won. I wouldn't say they beat him. An and one on Trey Young in that situation. That probably wins them the game. Um, and on, it doesn't just change the dynamic of their season last year. It kind of changes everything for them moving forward. I think their title year was the year they had Jimmy Butler and it basically came down to the Kawhi Leonard, like forty-five bounces on the Rams at the at the Rams yeah. at the on the at the buzzer, um, and they lose. And Toronto ends up winning the finals. I think they get past Milwaukee that year with Jimmy Butler, Harris, Simmons, and and Bede. And I think they get past that banked-up Warriors team. Um, so that was probably their year to win it. I don't think this will be the season to win it for them, barring some crazy trade. Never put anything past Daryl Morey, their GM, but. Right now, they're after that game. They uh, Doc Rivers, who we can talk. I want to talk about a little bit, and Embiid just kind of both threw Ben Simmons right under the bus. Obviously, Simmons was not real happy about that, and he's basically said to them now, um, he's not coming back. He didn't show up for training camp. He's not been in any other preseason games. He's happy to just sit out and have them dock his paycheck until they trade him. Uh, the only problem is there's not really a trade out there for him right now um, with what Philadelphia would want to get. Um, all that being said, they're projected at 50 and a half wins, 51 for the season. I don't think there's any way they're hitting 50 wins this year. I still They're going to win a lot of games with or without Simmons and with or without the assets they get back from him. I still have them at the, as the fifth seed, but it's not a 51 team. I, I have them at five as well. It was a really easy under for me. So much of it is really what's going to happen with Simmons. And when I'm looking at their roster, they're still going to be a pretty decent team. I mean, Embiid is definitely ball dominant. and But you're missing an all-defensive player when you, when you don't have Ben Simmons. So I, and I really wonder if they had a full season without him, if they're going to be in the play-in or... No, I still think they're a fifth. I, I, I still think they're a fifth, fifth sixth seed. I, Embiid is an MVP candidate. He may get it this year. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't have him winning. But I mean, if if Simmons doesn't play and they're a three seed, I think he's probably the MVP. I mean, if you look at yeah. his if you look his numbers last year, he would have won MVP had he not gotten hurt. I mean, talking thirty and eleven basically with all defensive, you know, defensive player of the year type defense, like. We haven't really seen a player at center dominate like he did since Shaq was in the league. And he's yeah. far and away the most dominant, like traditional center we have. Now you might, you can make an argument for Jokic is better. Um, but tra as far as a traditional center goes, you're not going to get any better than Joel Embiid. Um, yeah, they have a good roster. Even without Simmons, if you just subtract Simmons off of this team, they, they don't really have a point guard. But I like Tyrese Maxey. I like Shake Milton. 
Seth Curry. I don't like Danny Green, but, you know, they have him. Uh, and I like Thibel. They also have Tobias Harris, yeah. who's like an efficient scorer, a good third option. You know, as if they can get, if they can make a trade for Simmons, I think McCollum, CJ McCollum out in Portland is about as good as they can expect at this moment right now. If Beal demands a trade, then they have the best package they can put forward for Beal. Um, and I think Washington would be enticed by Simmons, but. The problem with with trading Simmons is Philadelphia is ready to win right now. Traditionally, when you demand a trade, um, as your star your star player demands a trade, you're looking to rebuild right then and there. So you just want draft picks and young players back. Philadelphia doesn't want that. They want to upgrade on that position, and so they, they you know they asked about Damian Lillard and and company, and teams just aren't going to be interested in trading their best players for Ben Simmons at this stage. I think that game really hurt his trade value because they saw how hesitant he is to really go at the basket and score or even take shots. And as a point guard, you need that. I think, you know, if they can find a solid point guard and kind of move him into just a passing forward, I think he would do better there. Um, I don't really see that on their roster. They do have the pieces to make a trade. I just don't know if any team really wants to deal with Simmons at this point after they, the way they've seen him act. I, usually yeah. when they demand trades, it's the players being mistreated, but it's kind of the other way around here. <laughs> I think he's mistreated them, but they also, I think it's yeah. weird to just throw him under the bus, even if it's true after the game. Um, as publicly as Doc Rivers did it, I think that, I think that was pretty unheard I, of. Are you, do you think Doc Rivers is a good coach? I was actually having this conversation a couple days ago with someone. Um, I think his best chance to really do something was like 2013 with the Clippers. Um, Again, he's had some great teams, and they haven't really done much under him. So I don't think he's really great. I, I um, think he's. I think that he's, one title really hangs on me. But I think he's average at best. He's had good teams. I think he's average at best as an NBA coach. He's not an X's and O's guy, and so he's known as like a locker room kumbaya like coach. Like he's good at managing player personalities. But where has he done that? Where has he done that well? The 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 Celtics from his championship Celtics group, they all hate Ray Allen's guts. Um, the Clippers thing from everything I've read and heard from former players of that Clippers team, none of them got along. And now in, in Philadelphia, it's been a complete train wreck. So if he's not, if he's not a good X's and O's guy, we've, we're seeing that he's not good at like managing personalities. Like what, what is he good for as a coach? He won one title with an extremely, over-talented Boston team when the league was kind of diluted and he's not done anything else. He's kind of disappointed at every stop. I just don't, I don't think he's that good of a coach. Yeah. I think if you take that title away, no one is really going to make a push for him as a great coach. Um, Cause he's had some great teams since, since that team and they haven't really done much. Like I said, the Clippers team, I think was his best chance to really go somewhere and they got out in the first round. So yeah, he's definitely had the talent. They just, they aren't really doing much there. My thing with this roster is I'm wondering how Andre Drummond is going to like his role because I know last year he was unhappy with playing on the bench in L.A., and I don't see him playing much over Embiid this year. So I don't really know the logic behind that one. I can't imagine the case for starting Andre Drummond over Joel Embiid. but um, Yeah, I don't see that happening. What is he doing? Because he could have – like if he had gone to your Celtics, for instance, um, he would have made a big difference for them. But like, why is he? It addresses a lot for the Celtics. Why is he content in this in this backup role? He knew he wasn't going to be playing over Anthony Davis, like yeah. in in LA. And like, if, what what did he think was going to happen there? And like, what does he think is going to happen here? I think he's 
I think he's an improvement on Dwight Howard, but for what they're going to ask him to do, maybe, maybe not. I don't know that they're getting a lot. I, he's a much better player than Dwight Howard, but the role he's going to have here, I think you, I think you could make an argument you would rather have Dwight Howard. I wouldn't, but I think you could. I think you could make a case for it. Does he even play twenty minutes? I, I mean, no. you certainly don't have him on the court at the same time as Embiid. I think and... he plays a lot more during the regular season to save Embiid. Um, yeah, but during the playoffs, you're barely going to see him. You're barely going to. You're going to see him. Yeah, 12 you're, you're, you're going to have Embiid out there, and yeah, you certainly won't want them on this on the court at the same time. I think that would be a disaster. It would be, just be Ben Simmons all over again. The issues they have with the fifth yeah. year, and I, I still think I still believe in Simmons as a competent player. Um, like a lot of people start joking that he's bound for China. No, I, I still think he's an all he's an all NBA caliber player, at least all defensive. And like I think he should have yeah. got a defensive player of the year last year in the right situation with the right team built around him. Um, I think he could make some noise, not win a championship as the main piece, but I, I don't know. I think he's okay. I, I do understand Joel Embiid's complaints though. Um, when Simmons says that he wants to go to a team with a roster built around him and Embiid says, what are you talking about? All these teams have been built around you. They're both kind of right. Like the fit with Embiid has always been weird from Simmons's perspective, but they have catered more to Simmons's needs more than Embiid's needs over the course. Yeah, of the I agree. They surrounded him with enough shooters to really make a difference. It's just, I think they overpaid him too early, especially for a guy who, you know, can't really shoot that well. 200 million is a lot. I think you had to probably give it to him, but yeah, I think that's all, a big reason why a lot of teams don't want him now anyway. They also locked up in bead, which is important. Um, I guess the bad news for them is they're already over the luxury tax limit for next year. Yeah. Um, so there's not yeah. really going to be a lot of improving that you can do on this roster outside of trading Simmons. If you were Daryl Morey, who, what would you be interested in? Like, like, is there a trade out there that's like speaking to you outside of like Damian Lillard? I think we would both agree that that's the best package, but yeah, I would, I would definitely take Damian Lillard on my team anytime. Um, I wouldn't want Kyrie. I think you're trading another issue, trading for another issue at that point. I think maybe the best point guard you could get is Fox. I think he'd fit well with them. I just don't, you know, I don't know how that trade would work. If I were Sacramento, I don't know what I, else you'd be getting. If I were Sacramento, I wouldn't do that. But if you, if I were Daryl Morey and you told me I could get Fox yeah. and Buddy Heald for some combination of Ben Simmons and Danny Green, I guess would probably have to be the the package with the salaries. Um, I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. Do you, do you feel good? Would you feel good if you got Colin Sexton? I don't know. I think. It'd be interesting to see him in that in that fit. Um, I wouldn't be super excited about it, probably. I don't know. I think the trick for them, I think they're going to have to get a third team involved. I think they're going to yeah. have to find a team with a disgruntled star player, be it if, if Damian Lillard decides that Portland isn't working out or Beal decides Washington isn't working out. There may be another guy that we don't know about yet that, you know, it could happen. But if they get like a third team involved, they take that team star player, trade Simmons to one of the teams, and then, you know, the team with the with that just wants to get like a decent player in Simmons, they could trade their picks to the team that's trading their star player to Philly um, to give them a chance to rebuild. I, I don't think you're going to get a one-for-one -one swap with this deal 
um, to get Simmons moved. And they may have to wait till the deadline. And the unfortunate part for Philly is the longer he sits out, the worse his trade value is. I think they're going to end up having to settle for C.J. McCollum. Um, and people are going to freak out in Philadelphia because a year ago they were talking about trading Simmons for James Harden. I don't think that was ever happening. I don't think Houston's owner was ever going to trade Harden to, to Daryl Morey after everything that nope. happened with them. So I don't know. I don't if think that would have happened either. I don't know that that's fair. I think Philly was just used as leverage to get more picks out of, out of Brooklyn. But yeah, they've kind of got like a big dark cloud looming over their head. That being said, I still think they're a playoff team and I still think they win a lot of games this year, kind of regardless of what happens. Yeah, they'll definitely be in the playoffs. I mean, it really speaks to Embiid with the way he, you know, can step up and really be that guy. And if they are a top three seed, I, he certainly is the MVP pick for the year. I think they're an easy out. I think they're an easy under though. At 50 wins, yeah. 50, 51 wins. If Embiid gets hurt, like that's not un, that's not that unlikely, and then they're right. a, they're a bottom feeder team overnight, and then also just this roster with the the, the distraction of Simmons hitting fifty wins is kind of a tall order for them. Yeah, that was the easy under for me. I think that was you know right yeah. away. If you, yeah, as far as bets go, I think Orlando and Philly as unders are pretty pretty solid picks. Cleveland is also a decent one. And then I think Detroit for the over is probably the strongest over yeah, we've was, had so far. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Moving on to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, do you want to take us away with the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah. So here's another team with uncertainty with their point guard. No one really knows what's going to happen. I think Kyrie is able to practice in Brooklyn now. I yes. think they've lifted yeah, that, but he's not allowed that. to play in games in Brooklyn. Correct. So yeah, that's that's the way. Whatever that means. Um, I think Harden should be their point guard. I think Kyrie's a better fit at the two. Harden, it's not really a knock on Kyrie. Harden's just a better playmaker. Um, KD is my pick for MVP this year, um, and I I'm oh. thinking that just because I don't I don't think the Mavs will have the record to really support Luca being the MVP unless he's giving you like 35 a night. Oh. And it's if you don't have Kyrie and Harden's, you know, limping along, they're going to be a competitive team, and I think that speaks a lot to KD. Yeah, they're they're fifty six and a half wins for you know fifty seven and twenty five is basically the record that you're looking at. They were on pace for fifty five and twenty seven last year. I guess you would bet the over on this team. Yeah, I certainly, I, I certainly wouldn't bet the under, but I don't feel super strongly about any of the overs this year, especially with this team. Um, they're kind of older. They've got some injury prone guys. It could be, you know, Harden hasn't really been injury prone, but I have to feel like the step back for him is coming. I have to just cause he had so many miles in Houston carrying those teams. Yeah. I just, he's not, he's not a guy that takes super great, uh, care of his body, uh, as we saw from the supersized version of Harden we got last year. Um, so I just I feel like something's got to give with him. I'm surprised by the KD MVP pick. He was 20, 27 a game last year. Do you think he hits that again this year? Yeah, he's definitely at that level. Um, I think just seeing him erupt in the playoffs really showed that he's still here, regardless of his his leg injuries. Yeah. And I think if you're missing Kyrie the whole year and they're still a competitive team, I think that's, you know, a lot to do with KD. Well, they're not going to be missing him for the whole year, just for, yeah, just half for, the year, just for games. home games and some away games based on yeah, the uh, home games. And when they, when they play the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, and Toronto. 
I I have them finishing second in the conference, but I have them winning the title. Um, yep. I I don't feel great about that title pick, but like in a vacuum, if we were doing like a you know a no injury simulation of the league. Yeah. This is this is far and away the best team. I mean, they've got a very strong bench. They've got three of the best scores in NBA history. And kind of what you mentioned about Harden, he's a really solid point guard. And Kyrie, at the peak of his powers, you know, in the in the Cleveland years when they were competing for titles, he was playing off the ball with LeBron as the primary playmaker. Uh, he's kind of ill-suited to play point guard with his passing ability. He's not bad at it, but that's not like he's better at just scoring. Just give him the ball and he scores. And they're set up to do that very well. They've got really good center depth, which I guess would be the only weakness on this team. Um, but they've yeah. got – yeah, they're, they've got everything. It's just a matter of can – can this group of injury-prone old players stay healthy? Yeah, that's definitely a concern. So I I have stock in Nick, Nick Claxton since the day he got drafted. I think really? this is going to be a big year he, for him. He surprised me. Um, yeah, I think he's going to be good. And I really do like Bruce Brown on their bench, but I think if you take Kyrie out of the equation, they're Patty Mills is your starting point guard or in the starting rotation, or maybe you put Bruce Brown there. I really don't know how that looks. I have them at the one seed, just best case scenario. Um, I think you had them at two and we flipped Milwaukee. I, back I had forth, them but, at um, two just because they're going to have, they're going to yeah. have the Kyrie situation. Also, they're going to sit yeah. Durant and Harden and Kyrie, even if it were a normal year, they would still sit those guys out a lot. Here, Blake Griffin, I have to imagine is going to miss a handful of games. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, same thing. They got him back, which I thought was crazy. They also brought in Paul, Paul Millsap and James Johnson. Um, probably not a lot of people know about James Johnson. Um, I have to be honest, I wouldn't have if he didn't play for the Heat. Uh, he does a little bit of everything. Like he, he's got some playmaking to him. Like he, he's a guy that gets some assists. He rebounds. He plays tough defense. He doesn't really shoot. But he's a dude you want on a team, on a playoff team. Like he's up there and the all, you know, if we were to make a team of the toughest guys, he's on it. Like he's just a dude that you don't mess with. And then, I don't know, they've got some guard stuff. I mean, they bring in Patty Mills on an affordable deal. I think that's a really good pickup. Bambury, also really good pickup, 3 and D guy. He always torches the heat for whatever reason. Um, then they draft Cam Thomas. Do you feel – any sort of way about Cam Thomas at LSU? Not super strongly. Um, he doesn't have a, a great opportunity to make an impact right away in Brooklyn, I think. He's just one of those guys that's going to have to, you know, sit behind the vets for a little bit. I think they might miss Jeff Green more than people think because he kind of proved to be a pretty reliable 3 and D guy for them in the playoffs and throughout the season. I think James Johnson can, can pick up – the defensive side of that, at least. And I think yeah. he gives you a little bit more playmaking-wise offensively. Um, I don't think Demboya plays for them hardly at all. I mean, they got him for yeah. nothing, basically. He really hasn't done anything. He's still, I would say, probably pretty young. Um, I don't know his exact age, but I think he's probably no older than 25. So, like, maybe he turns into something for them. Uh, Dayron Sharp is another guy they drafted out of North Carolina who I think could see some action for them if LaMarcus and Blake are inevitably hurt. Um, he's just, a, he plays super hard. He's got 
really high motor, and he just rebounds the heck out of the ball. He's a pretty decent shot blocker, not as good as you would probably hope, but um, the rebounding side of it, like he's kind of a little bit like Reggie Evans was, where he's just a dude who just gobbles up every rebound. Um, so that actually could end up being like, you know, if you got him for 10 minutes and he just comes in and kind of changes the the rebounding side of the game, that could really help them. They're, they're the most talented team far and away. Um, but we saw what happened to them in the playoffs last year, and it could happen again this year. I do think the window for this team is incredibly short. I think this is probably their last best year um, at a title if, shot. Yeah, if last year wasn't if last year wasn't the last year, it's definitely this one. And we're talking about an inch of Katie's foot on the line. They may yeah, his win big the title toe, his big toe, basically yeah. on the line, and they're they're moving on, and they may. They might they, win the title that year. I don't know. They might. They might because they would get. They would have gotten Kyrie and, and Harden back fully healthy at some point. Um, and it yeah. wasn't a very deep team last year either. I think this year they kind of built it out a little bit. Yeah, they um, brought in some vets. I think Paul Millsap. I mean, I think that's a big pickup, and that's kind of a an under understated pickup for them. But you know, he's not the all star level player he was you know, or nearly to that level, but he's still a guy who's been in the playoffs a lot. He's played in some big series. He's played for some good teams. I, I mean, when you can bring some combination of Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin off your bench, like that's pretty good. Yeah. I think their bench is a lot better than they were last year. Yeah. I, they'll be tough to beat. I mean, healthy, I don't think anybody beats them, but we saw even last year in the Milwaukee series, even when you only got one of those guys, it's still a tough team. Steve Nash is a good coach. I think he's probably in the running for coach of the year this year. Um, but we'll see. All righty. The New York Knicks, I guess I'm talking about the Knicks here. Um, they surprised a lot of people last year, including myself. I mean, I looked at their team and I'm like, well, here's another like, lottery bound year for the Knicks like they're gonna miss out on the top pick and win just a few too many games but they were the fourth seed and um they were really good Julius Randle was incredible for them last year we talked about him a little bit last week he was in the top five for MVP voting I believe and he was all NBA second team um and they were they've kind of didn't really do a lot in the playoffs um they took the Hawks to six which I think was okay um, but watching that series, you could really see the difference in the talent level of the two teams. Like Derek Rose was basically that team, that Knicks team's second best player. Um, Tom Thibodeau is the coach there, which I don't love. Uh, last year, they were on pace for 47 wins. This year, they're on pace for 42, or they're projected 42. 41 and a half is the over-under for them. I've got it under. I've got them finishing as the eighth seed. I think they kind of take a step back this year. Um, I don't have them winning their play-in game, so they will not be in, in the playoffs proper. Okay. Um, I just – they bring in Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, and they just kind of re-sign the rest of the group. Um, I don't think those two guys move the needle uh, enough for this to really put them ahead of some of the teams they were ahead of last season. So I have them at the seven seed. I would definitely go under 41 and a half as well. And they really were a classic Tom Thibodeau team last year. You know, they work hard in the regular season. They're gassed by the playoffs. Yeah, that, um, was, that was pretty much what it was. Yeah. And Derrick Rose, I think he'll stay at the current level that he is. I think he was huge for them. I, 
it really comes down to RJ Barrett and Kemba Walker. Um, I don't know if Randall will be in the MVP conversation again, but I would expect I him to so. have a similar role. I don't think so, but he'll be their best player and he'll play big minutes yeah. because it's Tom Thibodeau. Um, and he plays, yeah, he, all, definitely all, will. he definitely plays all the guys that he likes. It's just an insane amount of minutes. Um, they really didn't lose a lot from last year. I guess you could, uh, Reggie Bullock was kind of a loss. Um, that was for, the only notable loss I, I saw was Bullock and his shooting. Uh, not Nilakina. <laughs> Wasn't a fan of him the day he got drafted. I'm still not. <laughs> I like Nilakina. I, I still believe. Um, Alfred Payton, I guess, is kind of a loss. Uh, he was okay. I don't know. They, they really didn't lose a lot. I, I think Kemba Walker, even whatever he is at this point, um, I still think that's better than than what you're probably getting from Alfred Payton. Um they, him and him and D Rose, I think that's two really solid point guards to have. Even though you know Kemba's not the level he was two or right. three years ago, right? Um, they also I don't have, think you're complaining about that. Th- my only thing with the Kemba Walker thing is Emmanuel quickly is kind of left out in the cold. Like he was good for them last year as a rookie, and he's gonna. I think he's gonna, especially with Tom Thibodeau. I think he's gonna struggle to find minutes on this team, and he's a guy that you would probably want to develop. If you're a Knicks fan or in the Knicks front office, I think because Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker aren't your long-term solutions at point guard and you're not competing for a title anytime soon. I think they were a little reckless in the offseason with some of their spending, especially with the re-signing of guys. I don't know how you feel about it. They got Randall four years, 117. I think that's pretty good for him. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not upset about that one. The three years, twenty-seven million for Nerlens Noel, I thought was absolutely insane. Yeah, he's. I, I don't know if I agree with that one either. Um, he, he's a backup center, basically, and he's a good backup center. He was really good for them last year, but committing three years and twenty-seven million to him is just going to be a lot. I mean, it, it's basically going to be an immovable contract. I don't think anybody's going to want to pick pick that up, except for maybe in the last year. Um, they get Rose for three years, 43 million, which I thought was kind of a lot for him um, at this stage. It seems high, but he kind of proved himself, I think, when he got traded to New York. I, I have no problem giving him, giving him that contract, but, you know, he's, he's not young anymore. So I don't know if by that third I, year you're really going to like I think I'm more concerned, more concerned about the years than I am the, the, the number. Um, and then two years, they, they get Alec Burks back, two years, 20. I don't feel strongly one way or another about that. I mean, he was yeah. he was good for them in the playoffs, but he's not a needle mover. Uh, Fournier got four years, seventy eight million. I thought that was a lot for Evan Fournier. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad the Celtics weren't picking that up, but hate to see another team do it. That's, St- statistically, it's like a overpaid. Statistically, he's one of the worst playoff pl- performers we've ever seen in the league. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's a fluke, and like he hasn't really had that much of an opportunity because of Orlando. Um, being in Orlando, but I, I guess uh, we've been kind of down on them. They do have some trade chips. Um, quickly, it looks like they're kind of moving away from him. Uh, Kevin Knox, if anybody still believes in him. Obi Toppin is kind of in a weird place on this roster. I think he could be good for somebody, but he's just not going to get opportunities here. And then Mitchell Robinson, it doesn't look like they're too keen on him if they're signing Noel for three years, 27. They've also, Taj Gibson is still around somehow. I'm surprised too. (laughs) Two years, 10 for Taj Gibson. 
I, I, I'm worried about the years there. I don't know if I'd want it for two years. The, the thing about the Knicks is they do have some cap space going into next offseason. They and, do. They do. You know, if, if they have a good season, you know, they're obviously one of the biggest markets. They could make a push, push for a good free agent. I think Mitchell Robinson's contract is up this year. So if they're planning on re-signing yeah. him, that's where a lot of that cap space would probably go. R.J. Barrett, I think, is up after the following season. Um, I, I don't know. I guess the case for this team not taking a step back, they're not – I can't see them finishing in the top – even the top six in the East this year. But I guess if, if I were to make a case that they will, it's that R.J. Barrett just takes a huge leap forward. Like it looks like he can. That's really what it is. Um, what would you give him in his extension? I don't know. I think I'd feel good about like 25 a year for him. Um, at this yeah, point, I think 20 to 25 is all right. Yeah. I, I, New York thinks that they're a free agent destination, but we've seen that, that that's not really the case. Um, so I, I think they need to, I think they did the right things. I just think they paid some of the role guys a little too much. I think you could have found Nerland's Noel level production for a lot cheaper on the free agent market. There were some, yes, you there, definitely were, can. there were some centers floating around. I think Boogie Cousins is still floating around as a free agent. I don't think anybody's picked him up. Yep. Not that they're similar at all, but like, that's just my point is you can find value at center like pretty easily. Um, yeah, they also traded down a bunch in the draft, which is fine. It looks like they're just building up a stockpile of picks to maybe make a big trade, which I think is probably this team's way forward. Um, I don't know. I I don't feel really great about this team. Obviously, I have them not really making the proper version of the playoffs, but I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I have them in the play-in game at seven. Um, the way I did seven through 10 was if I put them at seven and eight, I'm assuming they won their play-in game. Playing. So yeah. I, have the, <clears throat> I have the Knicks and Bulls winning their play-in games and making the playoffs like that. But I mean, neither of those teams I see doing much in the first round. Yeah, I have them finishing eighth in terms of record, but I have them losing it in the play-in. In the play -in. I don't. I think that yeah. the same issues that they had against the Hawks with the lack of scoring and um, like come playoff time and kind of lack of options – uh, to go to. Also, their guys are just gassed. I mean, Derek Rose looked like he needed like an yeah. oxygen mask, like in that play in that Hawks series. Um, I, it's just it's going to be tough for them. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, they they have them take like Vegas or I guess DraftKings specifically agrees with us that they take a step back. I think it's a little bit further of a step back than even they have them. All righty, it is time for your Boston Celtics. I think this is going to be a, a disagreement point for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, and it pains me to say this, but the Taco Fall era is now over in Boston. Oh, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> he's, I don't think he's, we he's talked stuck about with that him. log jam in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, he'll never see the court in Cleveland. They've got too many centers. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously last year was a huge disappointment. They were another one of those teams that, you know, only had a month and a half in the offseason to prepare and, you know, I kind of feel it because I played basketball yesterday and I feel like I need two off seasons to really get out there and play. <laughs> so a month and a half is, yeah, I don't know how they do it. But um, they made a ton of moves since the season ended to really address their issues. I think their biggest issues were, you know, a really solid rim protecting center and bench scoring. Um, Ainge, Ainge took it, 
got out and Brad takes over. Um, and his first moves were really obviously hiring the coach, um, Udoka, who has a really good relationship with Tatum Brown and Smart from the USA I, Basketball. So I, I think like that's going to be good for them. I like him. As yeah, I think he's I've, awesome. I've heard nothing but good things about him. Yeah. Um, and I think what Brad did was really get the team back together that made it to the conference finals in 2019 and 2018. Um, Ennis Cantor and Al Horford. I think Ennis Cantor is a great pickup. He's an offensive rebounding machine, and that's definitely something that they need. Um, got rid of Kemba, obviously, which hurts considering what I thought that they would be getting out of Kemba. But, you know, Dennis Schroeder, I think, can address at least some of that scoring. I think he's going to be coming off the bench, which Smart would start over him. Oh, you think Smart is going to start at point guard? I think he might. I think it's a better opportunity for Schroeder to really lead the bench unit in scoring. I don't think he, you know, I think if you put him in the starting lineup, you kind of see what happened in L.A. where he's just taking a bunch of shots, getting the ball out of Tatum Brown's hands. Um, so I think he's better fit on the second unit. But Tatum showed that he can be a five-day assist guy last year, too, when Smart was injured. Yeah. Um, so I think his playmaking is developed. Smart's a decent playmaker. I'm expecting some solid play from Pritchard. I really liked his rookie season. Um, I'm high on them. If you notice, haven't noticed, I haven't mentioned my three seed yet. So that's where I'm putting Boston. That's um, <laughs> I, and that's where that's where the disagreement comes in. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I I actually when I did my list originally, I completely forgot about them. Yeah. I somehow. Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> but when I redid it, I have them as the sixth. Um, so they're 46 and a half on DraftKings. I, I think that's an easy under. They were a 500 team last year. Um, are you over or under on them? I'm definitely over. And I think it's because, <laughs> you know, we're not dealing with the month and a half off season that they dealt with, you know, if they can stay healthy. I think if Tatum is a 30 points a night guy, I think he's top five MVP considerations if they finish in the top three in the conference. Um, I think they're just – they have a better start than they did last year in terms of rest, and their their players are healthy. They have a new coach. They have a GM who's not making – or not making um, bad decisions. He let Hayward walk for free, and I'm still not over that one. Yeah, that's um, that's tough. That's tough because yeah. kind of like we talked about with Rozier, like it's really important to hold on to those, those assets because yeah. in the NBA you can go over the salary cap to sign guys, to re-sign guys. So, right. but you can't sign new players when you go over the salary cap. So teams typically right. are over the cap. And so when you re-sign a guy, you keep that at least as a trade chip. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, they and I know, they um, I know Richardson and Smart are, you know, starting to get a little bit older, but I think they really have some elite perimeter defending in Tatum Brown, Smart and Richardson. It, if um, Smart can get back to the form he was at two and three years ago, then yes. If we see the version of Marcus Smart we got last year, I felt like guys were just kind of torching him, like guards specifically. He could still defend yeah. the big guys, but guards, I, I don't know. If he continues to kind of peter out defense with his perimeter defense specifically, I think it'll be tough. I think starting him is tough, and I think having him and Schroeder as your, as your point guard rotation is going to be rough I thought I thought that was their biggest position of need was finding a point guard and they've got two point guards now if you consider Marcus Smart one of them that just have a habit of taking five to six just terrible shots a game I think yeah. that's going to come yeah to his him. he makes bad shooting decisions and that's another thing with Schroeder is 
he's not as good as, as defense as, as smart, which is why I would put him in the starting lineup. And I think Schroeder, since he's younger and takes more shots, that's why I would put him on the second unit. So, you know, you're not taking the ball out of Tatum and Brown's hands as much. Um, I think Pritchard will see a bump in minutes. I think he was really good last year and definitely probably their best true point guard. I figured if you weren't roster. starting Schroeder, you would start Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting a couple games. I, I see I see a couple of problems with your team. You guys have the foundation of the two awesome wings that any team would dream yeah. of having, but they don't have a point guard to really orchestrate it. So what it devolves into, and I don't know if you noticed this, um, last year, I didn't watch as much of them last year, so I can't I can't say if this was the case, but at least in their playoff run in the bubble, there was a lot of your turn, my turn with Brown and yeah. Tatum. And that just doesn't create for good offensive efficiency and like good good pace good nothing and they're, they're kind of middle of the they were kind of middle of the league in, in pace and and points last year and near the bottom in assists I don't think they addressed the playmaking problems the other huge hole that they had was was center so yeah. they bring in Al Horford um I hope at this stage in his career, for your sake, he's still got something left in the tank. I suspect he doesn't. Um, and yeah. then it then it's Robert Williams and Ennis Cantor. Now, I also like you, like Ennis Cantor. He's a complete liability on defense, but he is a monster scoring and rebounding. I just don't think yeah. he's going to see a lot of a, a lot of runs. So then it comes down to like six foot eight Robert Williams as your center, and and it's yeah. I, it's just tough. Also, I'm not super thrilled about the wing situation outside of Tatum and Brown. I guess Richardson you could throw in there, but um, I it's okay. I if they had one more like really good wing player and they could go to like a that guy, like kind of what they had with Hayward, Brown, and Tatum, that was really tough to deal with, and they don't have that anymore. I don't feel like maybe Josh Richardson remembers how to shoot threes, maybe not. Um, but if he if he remembers how to shoot threes, then you guys are dangerous again. But the point guard spot and the center spot, I just think it's they're just such holes for you guys. Yeah, I think Neesmith is going to have to be a 40% guy um, from three if we really want good wings. And the thing with Hayward, they, that team had four 20-point-plus-a-night guys on the starting lineup that I don't know how you even go about that. And yeah. Losing him really made a difference, and you saw that last year. Um, their centers, for some reason, Danny Ainge really likes centers that are not taller than 6'8". Um, I think at a time it was Robert Williams and Tice, uh, both 6'8 guys. Grant um, Williams also played some center who's like 6'6". Six six. Grant Williams, <laughs> yeah. Um, Horford's at least 7 foot, and you know, in the preseason has kind of showed that he can space the floor and shoot the ball. They traded for Moses Brown uh, in the middle of the year at the deadline, who's seven foot two, and then ended up trading him away. They traded him for Johnson. Yeah. yeah, they got yeah. Josh Richardson. And I was that. upset about that because I was like, finally, we have a center who's seven two. He's young. Like, he could be a really elite defender, but he's gone. I think Williams' defense, nothing to complain about. It's just he's a little short. How do you feel about four years, 48 million for, for him? I think it's, I mean, in terms of the four years, I like it. I think 12 million a year for a center who's probably going to be your starting center. I don't know how they are going to do with Horford. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, if he's your starting Mark, center, I feel good about it. But as a backup center, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty upset if I'm paying $12 million a year to a backup center. 
Well, the thing with Horford is the reason that they didn't re-sign Horford is because they didn't want to give him the max, and then they trade for Horford and just get the max contract right yeah, back. The, so I don't. Yeah, they could have just re-signed him and said they give up Kemba, Kemba Walker in a lottery pick this yeah. year that could have really helped them fill out this roster. Um, they did end up getting uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, which I don't know. Yeah. He he might give you something, um, especially as like a stretch four. I. I don't know. I I just I worry for you guys. It's the same issues you you had last year. If this is like eerily similar to the team last year, and I think a lot of it was the bubble, like you said, and like we kind of mentioned with the Heat, like the teams that made it far into the bubble didn't have the time to prepare for last year's um, season, so they really struggled. Um, but I just I think when you get if you have to play Philadelphia. At, at some point in the playoffs, like, what are you going to do with Embiid, with Horford, Robert Williams, and Enos Cantor? And I guess you could say, well, what do you ever do with Embiid? But I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think the center and point guard positions, which have traditionally, until recently, in the NBA, have been probably the two most important spots to get right. And I, I think Kyle Lowry, if you guys had had the room or been able to get him. I think that would have been a huge pickup, a point guard like that, a guy who's like more of a playmaker first um, rather than a scoring option. Cause Tatum and Brown for a starting lineup are enough for a scoring, for scoring options. You guys, you know, you need shooters and rim protecting center and playmaker guy to kind of orchestrate the offense. I'm afraid that you don't have the offense orchestrator. Yeah, the the biggest thing last year was really just no orchestrator and um, not really depth in terms of scoring. So I think Schroeder kind of addresses that. It's just I don't know where they're going to put him in the lineup or how they're going to use him. I see him as a second unit guy and, you know, maybe Pritchard sees some starts and smart. Um, I'm not thrilled about the centers. I think Schroeder will will want to start. And I think he, I'm sure he'll want to. I think he'll be a problem if you don't start him because I don't think if you, especially if you decide you're going with Peyton Pritchard as the starter, I think that'll just, you know, that'll just piss him off. And he just, we've yeah. seen him kind of be a headache already. So yeah. um, I don't know. Overall, I think, I, I think just in the new start with their new coach, you know, they've kind of addressed their problems. Their problems are still there, but Tatum and Brown are going to take a huge leap this year too. And I see him competing. I don't, I don't think they'll do a lot of damage long-term or late in the playoffs, but um, they'll definitely be top five seed at the worst. Um, it looks like they are over the tax threshold already for next season. That's another problem. It yeah, is, and that's this is kind of your Smart's team. contract. Like, yeah, Smart's contract, like, I think he's underpaid in terms of what guards are getting, but the long-term commitment to him, I'm not sure. I'm glad to have him on the team. I'm glad I didn't get traded last year. Um, but, yeah, we're kind of locked up for – you know, the next couple of years. Yeah, with and Danny Ainge was considered to be like a really good general manager, but I don't think he did a very good job drafting. Uh, with that Brooklyn trade where you guys shipped off Garnett and Pierce and got all those picks back from from the Nets, you got you had Tatum and Brown to show for it, and that's basically it. Right. I think I don't think he's that great at drafting either. It's not hard to draft well when you have the third pick and Jason Tatum falls into your lap. Jalen Brown, I wasn't super well, sure about when he got drafted, but he he's did, turned he, out. He did trade for that third pick because they had the number one pick and he traded down, right. which ended up being a great decision. Yeah, and I think he was going to take Tatum regardless. I think that's 
the smart decision is to trade down because everyone knew Fultz was going one um, to, if Philly had him. So the move is smart, but I think, you know, when you have those picks, it's easy to call yourself like really talented at drafting when yeah. the rest of your draft picks really don't speak for that. Well, Romeo Langford is a guy that's basically shown nothing. And he was a, he was a pretty decently high lottery pick. I think they took him the pick after hero, didn't they? Yeah. He was 14th. Yeah, that's that's tough. And that pick in particular is really tough for Boston fans because that came down to a coin flip and we won it. And so we yeah. you guys really liked Hero too, but we ended up getting yeah. him. So yeah, yeah, that that changes the dynamic of the of this roster if you guys have Tyler Hero. But yeah, we'll we'll see. Um I don't think that they're better than Atlanta or Miami specifically. They could be better than Philly. Um and, and, I went back and forth with Miami and Boston, where I had them ranking three and four. Um, but I gotta, I gotta be higher on Boston, especially with Philly. Though um, this could be a complete train wreck for them this season. I had them at fifth, but like if they end up getting nothing for Simmons at all, then I think you guys will definitely finish above them. Um, all right, last team, um, last and I guess not least, but pretty close to least. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, they had a really tough year last year. They were a playoff team in the bubble. Um, they gave Boston everything that they wanted, and they were, they were a tough playoff team. I didn't want to play them. Um, but last year, they were forced to play in uh, Tampa because of Toronto's COVID restrictions with travel and like quarantining. It just wasn't going to be feasible. Um, and they had kind of a disastrous year. Siakam who was, you know, early on in the year was a was an MVP candidate in the, the year of the bubble. And he just, ever since the, you know, COVID has hit, he's just not been the same player. Um, so he took a huge step back. They just really didn't have a good year. Um, now they're kind of gearing towards rebuilding, it looks like. I mean, they, they do the sign and trade with the Heat, with Kyle Lowry. They get back Goran Dragic, who I don't imagine will stick around for very long with them. And they get back uh, Precious Achua, who I really like as like a young player. I think they may have gotten a pick, too, out of the deal. I wasn't super pumped about giving away Achua, but for Kyle Lowry, I, I, it, it works for me. Um, yeah, I have them finishing 13th. I could see them being like a real surprise team and playing really well with Scotty Barnes. Like they've got some, they've got some exciting players. And if Siakam gets back to form, I could see them doing well, but I, I think they're more likely a seller um, at like the deadline and throughout the season. Uh, DraftKings has them at 35 and a half wins. So 36 and 46 for their final record. Last year, they were on pace for 31 wins. If you played 82 games, I think it's probably an under. I don't feel super strongly about it. It's it's probably an under, though. Yeah, I think I'm going under, too. I can't really say that they're better than last year, even though they're back in Toronto. I think they're losing a lot in Lowry's leadership. Um, I have them at 12, so we're pretty much the same there almost. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had Detroit ahead of them. I think maybe we had Detroit mm -hmm. and them swapped. Um yeah, I mean, they've still got some players. And as far as rebuilding goes, if you're going to hit the reset button on this, Scotty Barnes looks really exciting, at least, in, in preseason stuff. And Preston Sachua, I, I don't know how many people have had a chance to watch him play. He looks like he's going to be a pretty special player defensively. And if you go... I like Precious. If you go Ananobi, Barnes, and Achua as your front court, I think that's pretty good. I think that's going to be... 
you know, really good defensively, really versatile. Ananobi is a lot of people's guys' most improved player for this year. He's not mine, but he's, I think he'll finish top five in that for sure. Um, and then for trade ships, I think you could see Van Vliet on the move, Boucher, Kem Birch, and obviously Dragic. I don't know if anybody will want to trade for Dragic, but he might be a buyout guy, but we'll see. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton to, to say about them. They really are. Um, not much better than than last year, so no, I kind of expect them to be lower pack. It's really it's really the same team, um, and so do you? Ex I guess if you're betting on this, do you expect that being actually home is a five win improvement? Because that's what that's what the numbers will tell you. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to know. I don't know. The East is a lot tougher than it has been, um, and I think I think Siakam's likely likely on the move too. They don't seem real high on him anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, they don't really – they got some young guys, I guess, who are exciting. I mean, Ananobi seems like he's pretty good, Scotty Barnes and Achua. I think that's a decent place to start. Um, so they kind of shocked everyone by taking Scotty Barnes before Jalen Suggs, um, which yeah. I, I was surprised, but – I don't know. We'll see how that works out. Barnes looks like he could be like the next kind of Draymond Green, like a, an elite defensive player. He, guard, he guarded one through five in college, and by guarded one through five, I mean they assigned him to guard one through five. Whoever's the, whoever was the best player on the other team, he guarded them. Picked pick point guards up full court. He's a high-energy guy, um, and he passes the ball extremely well for a guy his, you know, who's a small forward, power forward, basically – and as young as he is, his understanding of the game is really high. But he's not a good shooter. He might turn into a decent shooter at one point, but if he doesn't improve the shooting, um, he's going to be kind of limited. Yeah, I don't think they're going to really regret taking Scotty, but I would have taken subs at four. I don't know if they had known that they were going to have a sign-and-trade for Lowry at that point. Um, I don't remember the timing of all that. but No, they wouldn't have. I think I if think they knew they were getting yeah. – they may have. They may have. Because then then you're rolling out there with um, Suggs, Van Vliet, Ananobi, Siakam, and some combination of Ken Birch and Boucher for your center. Um, yeah. That's a decent squad. Um, that You might make the playoffs with that group. Right now with the point guard situation, you basically got Dragic and Van Vliet, and that's it. Um, and they're probably both starting. So I, I don't know. It's – I think also they re-signed Gary Trent Jr. for three years, 51 million. That seems really high for him, but they're not competing for anything within the next three years, so it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, I I like Gary Trent a lot, and that, that salary was a little surprising to me. I think um, I liked him a lot in Portland, so the move when they – I think it was Norman Powell was the trade for him. Um, I think it kind of sucked for Trent because he was in a pretty good – spot in Portland but um I mean I like him as a player I just don't know if you know three or 51 is validated just yet yeah he is he's a good three and D guy <laughs> I mean that's yeah probably what it is for him um yeah I, I think we could see a very different looking port I mean uh Toronto team next next season or by halfway through the year I I don't expect Drakic will be there for the year and then I think there's a case for Van Vliet and Siaka being moved as well um, Masai Ujiri is not known for showing loyalty to guys. Um, so 
I, I definitely think that he'll do whatever's best for the team. Um, but yeah, that's it. I guess we go into the, the recap here um, with the, our projected standings. Then we kind of made a playoff bracket. Um, so just to recap for me, I had Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Atlanta, Miami is the fourth seed, Philly, Boston, Chicago, the Knicks, the Pacers, the Wizards, that rounds out the top 10 in the play-in. And then just missing the play-in, I had Charlotte and Detroit, Toronto, Cleveland, and Orlando as the last teams in the conference. I think Orlando is probably the worst team in the league. Yeah, and our, our lists are very similar. Um, we just we flipped a couple spots. I had Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Boston, uh, Miami at four, Philly at five, Atlanta at six, followed by the Knicks and Bulls, and then two playing teams overall. I'm sorry, I kind of cut out a little bit. What was the last bit you said? How much did you miss? <laughs> uh, it just you said something about the play-in. Uh, the, well, the, the ones I had just missing the play-in were uh, Washington and Toronto, followed by Detroit, Cleveland, and Orlando. So okay. we, we were pretty similar cool. in that aspect. So uh, bracket-wise, I actually did the play-in games. So I had Chicago as the seven, beating um, the New York Knicks as the eight in the first play-in game. Uh, that would match up Chicago with Brooklyn. And then on the other side, I had Indiana losing to Washington and then Washington beating New York for the eighth seed. Um, so I have New York losing two in a row. I just think there, there are issues with scoring. It's going to be the same thing this year as it was last year for them. Come playoff time when the game slows down, it's hard to get easy buckets. They don't have guys who can get you buckets. I mean, Randall kind of struggled in the playoffs a little bit, I would say. That would be fair. Um, but he's not really like an isolating go-get-you-a-basket player either. Um, so it's kind of unfair to cast him as that. And that's kind of what he has to be for them. So barring R.J. Barrett taking a huge leap forward and winning most improved player, um, I, I don't think that New York is going to make any noise this year. Um, so first round, who did you have? So at the top, I had Milwaukee playing Washington. Milwaukee obviously winning, moving on to the second round. Yeah, I had Brooklyn. Um as the one seed, and then Chicago as the eight seed, Brooklyn beating them probably four or five games. Yeah, I think four games for Milwaukee versus Washington. Milwaukee yeah. doesn't play with their food as much as, as Brooklyn does or some of these other teams. Right. Um, I have Miami and Philly as the four and five. Miami moving on. I think depend. it's so hard to gauge what Philly is going to do this year, but Bam kind of dominates Embiid as much as you can dominate Embiid. Like, he really – Embiid has a really tough time scoring on Bam, and I think that over played out over a series, I think you would. I don't think there's any chance Philly could beat us in a playoff series, barring them getting. Especially Damian if they Lillard. bring, um, yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> if they bring Embiid out from the post and uh, kind of get him on the perimeter. That really kind of opens up the lane for everyone. I have the exact yeah. same thing: Miami beating Philly as the four and five. Yeah. Okay, and then at three and six, I have Atlanta beating Boston. Um, yeah, I just think Atlanta's better. Um, I, I think that yeah, would be... I have, I, I have the opposite. That would be a really competitive series, though. I think that would go seven, um, kind of even on my side of things. Like, those two teams do not match up well against each other as far as, like, what the other team does. Like, Atlanta doesn't really have a lot of defensively to contend with Tatum and Brown. And on the other side, 
Um, you know, depending on what version of Marcus Smart you get, it could be a big Trey Young series. And then rebounding wise, the Capella and Collins combo versus Robert Williams is just that's whatever's left of old man Al Horford is just not going to be not going to be good. Um, that's so where I'm the, hoping Ennis Cantor comes in. Yeah, Ennis Cantor actually could be a big deal in that series because Capella isn't exactly hurting you with like post moves. Um, yeah, I have so, I have Boston winning that series. Probably would go seven games. Yeah, I think that goes seven if if they match up. Obviously, we're talking about hypothetical playoff matches up matchups here. So um, yeah. who knows? Uh, Brooklyn and Chicago. And I think that's probably a five game series. I think it's at least a five game series. But Brooklyn is they've got you know Chicago is a team built around scoring a lot of points. Brooklyn is just better at that and they're also better defensively Brooklyn's not very good defensively but they don't have to be like they've got three of the best scores in NBA yeah. history yeah I have um the Bucks and Knicks as two and seven and the Bucks probably would take over and I think they sweep yeah that no, series I don't, I don't think that would be a close series so in the second round just to recap I have Milwaukee Miami Atlanta and Brooklyn is that the, you have Boston instead of Atlanta and that's the only difference right yeah and then I have the seeds for uh, Brooklyn and Milwaukee are flipped. So I have Brooklyn yeah. versus Miami and then Boston versus oh, Milwaukee. Have, oh, yeah. You uh, have Boston Bro- versus Milwaukee. Yeah. So this is where it's going to differ a little bit. So I actually have Miami beating Milwaukee, and that could be the homer in me. But just watching them throughout the years, you know, we just had a bad year last year. And honestly, if we win that game one, that close game one in the playoffs with Milwaukee last year, um, they ended up taking it, but if we had come down the stretch, we played terribly in that game. And if we had found a way to win that game, I think psychologically, I don't know that Milwaukee would have recovered from that. Like it would have just been like, oh my gosh, we just cannot beat these guys. And it's because of matchups. Like Gian, as good as Giannis is, Bam does better than anybody in the league on him. And then Jimmy Butler and, and Middleton is a good matchup for us. And then we've got Kyle Lowry now as a point guard to kind of contend with Drew Holiday. And then our extra guy, it comes down to our extra guys at that, at that point. Our hero, our Oladipo, our Duncan Robinson is better than anything that they have for their extra dudes. If everything in the, in the middle is a wash, um, everything as far as the top players. And so I, I think we just beat them. I, I think we're a better team. At the, or at least we match up better. Um, and I could see P.J. Tucker yeah. just going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the matchup uh, Miami for uh, Milwaukee, but I have Miami playing Brooklyn, and I don't think that they would beat Brooklyn in a series. It's a different story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's more competitive. I think, I think they'd take two games. Yeah. I, I think it would be a six or seven game series. I don't think there's any way that yeah. that's a five game series. Um, so no, I, I think two games at least. Yeah. We don't match up as well with them just because we, I think we would put Bam on KD probably. And unfortunately, like Claxton is, does just enough to like kind of be a problem for like, it would have been a reason last year. This year it'll be PJ Tucker. I think Tucker will have trouble kind of keeping up with Claxton if we do that. Or we saw that P.J. Tucker gets absolutely torched by KD if we decide to go that route. So yeah. I, I don't know. Point. I, I don't feel great about Kyle Lowry on either Harden or Kyrie either. It's it, That's a much tougher matchup for us. If we can somehow avoid playing them, I think we can make it to the finals. But I think if we have to go through Brooklyn in, in some way, I don't think it happens for us. 
Um, so at the bottom of the bracket there, I had Atlanta, the three, and Brooklyn, the two, going up against each other. I think Brooklyn would easily win that matchup. Yeah, I have Milwaukee playing Boston, and I don't think that's going to be, you know, a super close series. I think it's, I think it'd be over in six games. Yeah, I think Atlanta would struggle with Brooklyn. I think that would be a five or six at most. Um, yeah. The only case for, for Atlanta would be Capella just eats them alive on the glass, but I don't even think that would be enough. Um, that would be Trey Young going for 50 and Kyrie going for 50 in that series. Yeah. Um, so my conference finals here would be Miami and Brooklyn. But we kind of discussed the Miami-Brooklyn matchup already. I have Brooklyn beating Miami as much as I love Miami. Yeah. I, just, I don't see a way past that team <laughs> if they're healthy. Yeah. Um, I have Brooklyn-Milwaukee. And considering that three of the games being played, they would not have Kyrie Irving in Milwaukee. Coming off of a title, I think I'm going to put the Bucks over the Nets unless they're fully healthy and have all three, if, unless uh, Brooklyn's fully healthy and has all three stars for the series. Um, so you have Milwaukee probably win, but in the finals. Yeah, I think, I think Milwaukee is going to go back to the finals. I think they really show that they're a legit team that can build around Giannis, which they hadn't proved before. Um, again, it did come down to Katie's foot being on the line. And, you know, would I be saying that this year if that didn't happen? I don't know. No, you wouldn't. But I think they're going to stay hungry. I, yeah. <laughs> we'd be talking about a different coach in Milwaukee, probably Rick Carlisle. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Mike Budenholzer, his, he was not going to be well thought of if they had had another disappointing playoff loss and may have trouble finding another head coaching gig right away. But now all of a sudden he's a championship coach. And if Doc Rivers has told us anything, it's you can really ride that one championship to a great career. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's been 13 years since that, and he's still getting good, good teams. So yeah, Boonos will never pay for a beer in Milwaukee ever again. I think I think they could beat the Nets, especially if they're dealing with Kyrie's issues and you know, yeah, he's it, healthy by then. Who knows? I, I begrudgingly put Brooklyn in the finals. Um, just because if they're healthy and even two out of three of the guys, they're a tough, tough team to beat. Yeah. But, and like, if I was, if I knew that maybe you're just going to have one of the three, then we're obviously having a different conversation, but like, I don't know. I, I didn't, it, they were tough, to, tough to know what to make of because they're so volatile with the roster age and Kyrie yeah. and just a lot of it potential issues they have with injuries and chemistry, but they have far and away the most talent. Um, yeah, I guess the case for Brooklyn over Milwaukee would be it did come down to Kevin Durant playing with Harden on one leg, yeah. and it came down to a foot on the line. Yeah, to be that close um, without Kyrie and with half of James Harden, I think, and with the worst team that they have this year. Um really speaks to KD, and I, that's why I'm picking him for MVP this year. Yeah. I just think by the time they get to the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of miles on those guys, especially the older ones, and I, I just don't know how they're going to be dealing with that in the playoffs, especially with a good team like Milwaukee. I mean, they're – Yeah. Was that the only award winner you had in this conference? Was KD for MVP? Yeah. I mean, I, I mentioned LaMelo for candidate for most improved. Is that um, Was that your pick? I don't know if I'm going with that as my pick. I, I like him, but I also have some considerations in the West as well. Yeah, we'll revisit it next week. I, as it stands, like, yeah. I don't have any award winners in the East, and I'm like, I don't know that that's actually yeah. the case. So, I, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. I guess you could probably say coach of the year for 
Steve yeah. Nash, if they get Coach the, the one seed. Um, rookie of the year. Oh, rookie of the year. I have Kate Cunningham winning rookie of the year. Yeah, I think, I think that's pretty – yeah, that's fair. I think the Rockets – I think the other candidate people – there's no way Evan Mobley gets it. A, as a center, and B, Cleveland no. is going to suck. Um, so – it comes down to green on the Rockets and Cade in all likelihood. It could, it could be a surprise in there. Kuminga is, is not a terrible dark horse candidate because the Warriors might be really good and he might be really important for them, especially with Wiggins missing a lot of games. Um, but yeah, Cade, I just think they're going to be somewhat competitive and I think that's going to help him at least narratively. Um, and also just, he seems to really be embracing like being a Detroit Piston and, that's rare. That's hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially as a top player. He's also – he was the yeah. – I think he had the most clutch shots or, like, game-winning shots or some – he was the most efficient clutch shooter or something to that effect in college. And so if he's making the rounds of the highlights for game winners, like, it's going to – and he's putting up the numbers, which he'll have to in Detroit for them to be anything. And he'll have the opportunities yeah. to. Um, I think that's – I think that's going to be a no-brainer. Yeah, and I, I think Houston has a gem in Jalen Green. I think he's going to be a scoring machine. I think they're just going to be a worse team, you know. And, they're in the they're in the West. Wins it too. They're in the West. They've got just a lot more uncertainty on that roster. They get, they're a younger team too. They they're very young. They've got a lot of young dudes on that Rockets team, which we'll talk about next week. Um, I actually like what they did, you know, all things considered. But um, yeah, I think I still think Cade just. He's in an easier conference to get wins. If the teams are better and the numbers are somewhat similar in terms of like which looks better, because they're different players. Kay's going to have more assists, less points. Green is just a scoring machine. He's going to have a lot of points, but not a lot yeah. else. Um, I think they'll give the edge to the person who's been more successful, especially if Kay can get them to a play-in game. I think that's easy. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Yeah, and that, I guess that's the only award winner I have so far. If I change my mind, we can always revisit it next week when we do the West. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that's all I got. You got anything? That's it for me. All righty. Well, thanks for watching, everyone. Be sure and uh, like and subscribe if you guys enjoyed the video and uh, look forward to our next week where we preview the Western Conference.